Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are finally rejoined by my Into the Weeds cohort, Christian Dobson, aka Carpenter Foreman, aka Carpenter Arcade, aka the one and only Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> oh my gosh! There was, <laughs> go on, go on. No, there was, there was like I was watching Community the other day, and um, you know how like they had that episode with like. They had like the little like so was the, okay so they were getting hacked right the school was getting yeah. hacked oh and they man had, that like, you had the kid so officer <laughs> and then they brought in like they find the hacker and it's like another little kid <laughs> but like all of his online handles are like so crude but very funny and like I really I was like listening I'm like I gotta remember these like in case I ever need them and like that was a moment wherein I needed them and I totally forgot and it just I, it's oh it feels so bad I'm so frustrated right now. <laughs> in a way I'm kind of glad they got forgotten because yeah, they might have been yeah. something that got cut out of I mean. Of course, I would have tried to do my best to editorialize, but like, you know. but I think uh, they were they were just they were fairly like clean yet crude, crude. Not, yeah, it was, not, it was not, good. Not something like where South Park where it would be like funny but just clearly crude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah there was tongue in cheek. There was enough wiggle room for everyone to appreciate what was happening. Right. Um. So Christian, it's been a while, man. Uh, we've we've been trying been three to three hours. <laughs> <laughs> all right so listener just to, just to clue you guys in uh legit three hours ago christian and i sat down to start recording this episode and then we went into the weeds about every other thing and then we're like dude i'm getting tired we need to record <laughs> dude have you seen have you seen um uh, that netflix like uh there's a netflix movie based on a stephen king book called into the tall grass no i haven't um, it's, it's like an okay horror movie. I'm not gonna say it's the greatest, but it's, it's good. Like I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's just like this tall grass, uh, this brother and sister, the sister's pregnant. They're going to go, um, to the city and put the kid up for adoption, but they stop, um, cause she has to throw up cause she has morning sickness and then they okay. hear a kid calling from the grass and they go into the grass and they cannot get out and it becomes this whole thing. But, um, that, yeah, that's yeah. a very Stephen King premise. <laughs> oh, dude, oh man. His premises are so like. What? Anyone could have thought of that, but nobody did. What the heck? Like, it makes so much sense that you would make that a premise. But yeah, yeah, that's how I feel like with our conversations. Like you get in, it's the weed. Yep. You get into the tall grass and you can't find your way out and you're there for an eternity, right? Yeah. But it's great. Well, it's a lot better. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's a lot better than the actual tall grass. <laughs> I would take this over that any day of the week. Well, I also find with us what, what there is a place for that and it helps because mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. at like, not with today so much, uh, but I can counterproductive see, today. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, like with today's topic, because even though, like, listener, we're we're going into the weeds and just talking about Shin Godzilla, uh, a movie that I absolutely love. Um, for me, it's like one of the best movies I've seen in the last ten years. Um, like, I've really, I really put it up there. But cool. because the movie is has a political take to it. I was aware earlier, I'm like, oh man, okay, like, it, we could easily jump from, like, the the story of the politics within the movie to <laughs> politics in real life that there's emotion and frustration and anger attached to. So, in that three hours beforehand, like, right off the bat, we almost touched on that stuff, and we got the angst out, so it's like, okay, now we can actually Ooh. stick to stick to the movie it wasn't intentional but it yeah. was beneficial where it's like hey we can we can do this 
in that way where it's like, oh, we're clear headed and we're constructive and we're not talking about the stuff that <laughs> brings up that rage. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a very good point. I, I, uh, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, no, it was, it's, um, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's, sure. there, there, there are pros to it, but also we're just like, it's, whoa, it's been three hours. Where'd that time go? We're both really tired. <laughs> yeah, we're super tired when we got on the phone, right? <laughs> or the, the chat. Yeah, um, a lot more awake now. Weird. Oh yeah, uh, but originally I was I was saying it's been a while since we've been able to do an episode together, just yes. because both of us have gone through like to varying degrees and different journeys with the anxiety and the depression and all that entails. Where it's like motivation to even like we're motivated to get together and chat, but then at times you're like I have no capability of being social, let alone slightly. I don't want to say controlled, but in on where you're like, I'm aware of like I'm recording and we want to make sure it's like not off putting or anything like that. And like all the natural social stuff where you're just like, I'm, I'm not feeling that like regular social stuff, like with a friend where I don't have to do that, let alone keeping in mind, like other listeners and, being fair to them, even if I'm bringing up a point that I disagree with, like there's so much stuff that comes into it that just for a long time, we'd be chatting, but through text, we're just like, I've missed you, man. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, it's gotten, um, yeah. I noticed like it's gotten more difficult for me to, uh, speak on that level to people, which is weird because it feels like a regression, right? Well, um, I don't know. I guess things are just sort of happening. I got to get back. I got to like, it's it's like I've, I've, I haven't really been a person for a while and I got to get back to being a person and all that entails. And once you start like shirking off like certain responsibilities or obligations, not necessarily like planned ones, but things are just, you know, they come as a, re- a natural result of just being an yeah. adult. Um, it really, you, you start to like let other things slip by the wayside, right? Like there's something to be said for like momentum. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, and like I'll say, I don't think you've regressed at all. Like that wasn't meaning that. I just mean like I know I've been feeling at points like even with chatting with the guys, there'll be conversations Mm -hmm. about light stuff or heavy stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm not capable of any of these. (laughs) Like, I know with you guys, I can be the most relaxed version of myself or whatever, Mm -hmm. which Listener, I'll be honest, like that's pretty much me here, although here I might be a little more sen- uh, like here I'll, I'll be more sensitive to how things could come off, not mm-hmm. that I'm censoring or anything. But like with you guys, I, I can be even less so, but I'm just like, I'm not cap- like I'm just not capable of any conversation right now that requires thought or that requires patience and i like i can present like i can do it but i just can't do it i don't have that energy like yeah when you have when like when when we've had conversations you've done all of that but it it, even that when you're battling anxiety and depression is draining Mm -hmm. and then doing things in any creative sense is draining even though it's fueling it's it's weird yeah having to show up you know, in any capacity, it's it's starting to like like even just, um, you know, yeah, there'd just be days like days on it, like even even just the past like three or four days, where like literally all I've done is watch horror movies all day long. Like I'm not eating right, I'm not eating enough, I'm not moving. You know, it's just stuff like that. It's like, oh, geez, man, I really got to 
It's it's one thing starts to slip, and then other things start to slip, yeah. And then eventually you find yourself you're like, oh crap, <laughs> I got to dig myself out of this hole. Yeah. It's, it's uh, <laughs> like I don't know. I've started working out again, and it, and it's um, it's good. Like I'm starting to feel a bit of like momentum picking up again, which is good. But like, yeah, the whole having to find a new job thing, I'm just like, I really oh, yeah. don't want to. I like I I so don't want to. I'm really considering just um, applying to TPH again. Just reapplying because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Apparently, apparently, my old manager he's uh, he got fired like a few months after I left. Oh dang! And, yeah, I'm like I shouldn't have left. Like maybe you know, I just left because like they're like, oh, you can come back in now, right? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. There's like a thousand cases a day, and yeah, I don't really want to come back into College Park. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but like I had to sit with this dude who like I don't like literally all day and do nothing. Yeah, it's eight hours next to someone, and it's like, what do you talk about? Like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be here. I don't like it. Just yeah, stupid. Yeah. Anyway, no, and, Godzilla. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll also say, like, listener, what like one of the intentions I I have bef- like before we get into this topic that we were going to get into. One of the reasons I like bringing up the fact that we're going through this is I'll argue I, I think it's important to normalize this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm just because so many people struggle with anxiety and depression and everything. And for the longest time, it didn't get talked about. And now it's just like, look, I just want to address it because this is a normal reality for so many people. And even if just addressing it makes that like someone else feel more comfortable in bringing it up. Awesome. I I don't see a reason why not to, um, to speak to that, I recently saw a post on um, on Reddit where someone, it was like the Toronto subreddit or the Astio mm-hmm. subreddit, and someone was like, hey man, like I, I even just got this new promotion and I can't focus. Like I don't care about my job. Like I just watch videos and like I just want to leave and stuff. And it's like, I posted like, well, like, you know, a lot of people are saying this is depression, which it, I agree it most likely is, but you got to ask yourself, like, is this not the natural reaction to your circumstances? Like as a human being? Mm-hmm. Like, um, is it not like, uh, is it not reasonable for you to be depressed given your circumstances? Like, mm-hmm. he has monetary wealth, he has success, but he has no real purpose beyond selling uh, his time to other people or making up um, goals for himself within the framework of, like, how much, like, if I achieve this goal, how much am I going to get paid type of thing, right? Um, so, you know, a lot of people, and I was like, what, what are we doing? Why am I spending eight hours making somebody else money or, you know, exponentially more compared to what I get paid, right? To afford the house I'm never in, the car I use to get to work and back on the family, to support the family I'll never see. You know, am I solving the world's problems? Am I doing anything to improve the society, the material conditions of my fellow citizens? No. I, I'm not doing anything substantial. Uh, so, Well, one thing I also appreciate about you bringing that up, because I'll agree, like, yes, all of that is true and all of that is mm-hmm. something people face. But I think even... <laughs> like a good reason to normalize it is like you even brought up, like the guy is, the guy is making money. And for a long time, people had the attitude like wrongly. And some people will still to a degree push this attitude. Like, well, if you're financially well off, like you're not going to be depressed. Like you have no reason to be depressed where it's like, that doesn't impact like financial status. Doesn't doesn't necessarily know. It doesn't uh, necessarily impact mental health. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you see those, uh, you know, that meme of Oprah saying, or no, it was like Oprah and like Prince William or Harry or whichever one. 
And they're like, money doesn't buy happiness. And I was like, well, you know what poverty buys? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. So what, like, you, you know, and, and you know, there, there's this, I saw this tweet, it was a really funny tweet from a therapist. She's like, you know, as a psychiatrist, um, you know, I can say, I can like honestly say a lot of my patients' issues would be solved with money. Yeah. Right? And um, so I, I think there's there's something to be said, like, yeah, obviously money isn't going to solve all your problems. And obviously if you have, like, I think there's something to be said where if you have so much money that you, like, it's money isn't an issue, then that comes with its own host of psychological pitfalls, right? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, yeah, like, people who are rich aren't, you know, uh, they're just, you know, they could just as likely be depressed, right? Because you're getting all this money and then you think, oh, well, what, like, what, why am I getting all this money? Like, what am I contributing to the society? It's, like, am I doing well, anything? It's going to be like the depression, the, the commonality is the depression. It's going to, yeah. how it's impacting them is going to be different. Like yeah. someone's financial situation, if it's a bad one, if it's a poverty one, that of course mm-hmm. is going to impact them very differently than the finances, like the depression were for the rich person and how those issues get solved is like, well, that would solve that. Yeah. But like a rich person could face the same questions of like, what am I doing? That's uh, like having any impact, like struggling with that self worth, all those things where it's like that, like class, like class structure or whatever. Like this is a problem that reaches across it. And Mm. this is, oh man, like we, we could do an episode about this. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was thinking like, dude, like even like someone who has pretty, maybe like pretty ugly or heinous beliefs, they could also be depressed because yeah. like they're not seeing like the world like they're not seeing their beliefs or what they would like to see implemented implemented right like maybe people who believe you know I'm not okay let's not get into it but you know what I mean right like you, oh, yeah. I assume you can think of like any nefarious person oh who, like, yeah there's you know like the world isn't the way I want it and that's making me depressed it's like yeah but like the world shouldn't be the way you want it because yeah. your point of view is wrong right but anyway <laughs> let's can we just, yeah yeah let's no, just talk no. about shingles <laughs> yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> no, i'm sorry fault man yeah. it's, it's both of us it's definitely <laughs> yeah no uh, it, it's a good to talk about but yes shin godzilla <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so i've already said my cliff notes version about about this movie and i've been asking you like i had suggested you to watch this since we recorded our episode on the frighteners um last year so i was really happy that uh that you you were like yeah i'm gonna watch it what did you think you want me to you, did you want me to read the whole plot for this movie too, or? Um, no, 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 <laughs> no. no I remember, it's a, it's a remember last time you're like, this is kind of going on for a while, and I'm like, it is, isn't it? And then I just kept going. <laughs> it's like the synopsis is this. I'm like, this ain't a synopsis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The synopsis is like usually two or three sentences. I'm like, oh this no, is this is just literally a summary essay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, like it's it's just be, almost beat by beat what the plot is, right? Like every plot point. I mean. It, <laughs> I mean, if you I, hadn't seen the Frighteners, it's a pretty comprehensive explanation of who it is. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess, the summary of Shin Godzilla would be: hmm. it is a, I'll argue, a modern retelling or modern adaptation of the original Godzilla concept of mm-hmm. a creature adapted, uh, a warning story about uh, nuclear testing or nuclear fallout. Uh, the impact that can have on nature. Uh, mm. But it was also a very personal story from the director and the writer, like that team who did Evan, uh, Evangelion, um, for them about what they felt was the the governmental response to that really rough 2010 
Japan had where they had the Fukushima disaster and then the tsunami and the earthquake, like these natural disasters. Um, and then it's a fascinating ex- exploration about well-intended government, but with so much red tape that it gets in the way from anything getting done mm. in the guise of this giant monster movie. It, for me, it's the closest one to capture the spirit of the original while still standing on its uh, its own feet. It's the only Godzilla movie from Toho that was never a direct sequel to the original. It's its, its own thing, but it it's very much the spirit of the first one. That's one thing I, I guess I got from it because like I don't really have a lot of context in which like within which to frame my interpretation of the movie. So like mine is more so like what I've noticed like culturally that's mm-hmm. different between like Western films or the manner in which a Western movie would approach the material, uh, or, you know, as opposed to the way they did. Um, so like one thing that stood, stood out to me, I'm like, there's a lot of focus on bureaucracy here. Yeah. But the focus with like, cause when I'm thinking like of, of, of American disaster movies, they really don't focus on any of that stuff. Right. Like nope. not a lot. It's not prominent in any way. So this was like a huge focus of the movie. It's almost like Godzilla was kind of like a secondary thing to this, to the, um, showing just how the bureaucracy worked. Right. And the other thing was, I was like, my thought was like, oh, Japanese people must really dig efficiency and stuff. Like, which, which is sort of the cliche. Like it's <laughs> assume, you kind of assume that they do. And I'm like, they're actually working fairly efficiently compared to what I would imagine the states would how the states would be working or like they're all in the same room they all have like very up to date information they're all like focused and sharing the relevant information with the relevant parties like everyone's weighing in nobody's talking originally nobody's fighting I'm like this is the most functional bureaucracy I've ever seen in my life like I can't think of it like this is the most like it's almost unrealistic how well it's functioning <laughs> like that um, is that is such an interesting take <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because you remember, like, you're like, oh, the bloated bureaucracy. I'm like, dude, they're like, as well as any bureaucracy is going to work, that worked. Like, look at the plan they came up with on the fly. Look at how coordinated, like, all these different, because, like, I'm thinking of the logistics about their plans. And I'm like, the trains, they have to get these trucks here. They have to have the fluid here. They showed it. They did show that. They showed oh, yeah. them getting now, it, right? So, so that, that was definitely displayed in the latter half of the movie. Mm-hmm. The, the first half, and it's something I loved about it that I found some odd, like, some, groups of the audience or people seeing it for the first time are like, what's going on? We're jumping like all around, like everybody's getting introduced <laughs> with a name, with a title and then certain characters, their title was, was being added to. So it just kept getting longer. And they're like, what's the <laughs> like point? Like, screen. <laughs> what's the point? Why are we jumping from this meeting to this meeting to like this yeah. meeting? And it's like, they're talking about the same thing uh, all within the first half hour. And it's like, no, that's the point though, because they have all this structure. They got to mm-hmm. be like, okay, it's just the department heads, but now it's, it's the entire departments with also those core people. But now mm-hmm. this new thing has popped up and we got to go back to the department heads and we got to respect everybody's jurisdictions which in and of itself is fine but because it's this is unprecedented this we've never done this we don't know does this fall under your jurisdiction mm-hmm. well no because it's technically this <laughs> and then it's what well, sets yeah. up all this stuff where you're like no this could be efficient but it's also like nothing is getting done right away because they're like, what does this fall under? 
Well, there's too many things to consider, right? Like, I mean, when you when you consider like everything that's going on, like the, given the fact that like this has never happened before, um, yeah. there was a little bit of like infighting right at the beginning where they're trying to figure out what it is. But as soon as they figured out what it was, like everyone was sort of on the same page. And and like you're right because like they did eventually have to design their own task force. The people who were like rebels and outsiders and, <laughs> and you know, the, the rebels, the outsiders, the losers, the heretics, like, yeah, the, like that cliche thing. Uh, well, yeah, you guys that, think outside the box. We that one might've, that one might've been the most on the nose thing. And I'm like, okay, that you can do, you can criticize that as too cliche, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> there was a lot of dialogue in that movie, Chris, that I was, was very suspect to me, but I don't, I can't, I can't remember enough where I'm just sort of like, <laughs> It's clearly there's like their their language is a lot more functional than ours in a lot of ways, like a lot more like to the point to the like it, when you look at like the way the white people were talking or like when you, when you that that ambassador, that U.S. ambassador who is of Japanese heritage. Try, she wanted to be the president. I'm like, dude, your English is nowhere near good enough for you to be president. No one's going to, no one's going to vote for you. That's never going to happen. Have you seen so, America? <laughs> so, <laughs> have you ever been to America? <laughs> so that one, that one, that's interesting because that's also been some. That's some of the common criticism I've seen of the movie. Where it comes I, up, sorry, sorry. I, before I just want to finish the point of yeah, yeah. Like you're right. Like it, it was. I think the bureaucracy was as efficient as it could be given the situation. Where which is in, which is why they needed to make the the task force. But I mean, the task force wasn't a guarantee. It wasn't like the oh, natural no. conclusion. Like that was something they could have really messed up. But it was a very good decision. Um, within within that performer, I'll, I'll I'll say like the movie is also interesting because mm-hmm. I'll be like. That is where you also have to add some suspension of belief. Cause Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not oh, being I'm just Oh no, being no, no, mean. no, no. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. And yeah. I'm not I, I don't I don't take that as mean. That's that's been a common criticism. But it's also like especially with all most of the Toho acted Godzilla movies, ninety-nine percent of the cast is is Japanese actors who don't uh, like whose first language isn't English and the rare there's only very rare times where they've hired I'll say actual English actors most Mm. of the time especially when it's military it's just any American military personnel who are stationed in Japan and it's like hey just read this line so it comes off as comically flat like as much as the apex scene of the the movie visually is the tokyo in flame sequence like payback time roger payback you're like okay this this is like what you think (laughs) yeah or even even the conversation between the president and her and the ambassador like on the plane like i'm like this is so stilted and kind of weird but it's like dude what do you go okay like Here's the thing, Chris. You know me. I'm not. I'm not here to like look at a movie and judge it by like. I'm not going to judge this movie against something like Schindler's List or something, oh, no. right? So a lot of these criticisms, like obviously they're they're fair in the sense that they're valid in the sense that like the things we're referring to are what we're referring to. They exist, but yeah. like if you know, you could say it in like, okay, this is funny. You know, it's just it's funny, right? Like it's like obviously yeah. that doesn't make oh, sense. Oh no, but no, it's Godzilla, absolutely. dude. Like. You really want to get into it. You want to nip it. Why are you watching it at all? Right? Like if you're good, like if you really, if you actually like, because to me it doesn't matter. Like it's just funny. It's like that there's so many things like that where I'm like, or like what, like do they not, wait, what do you want? Like, do you know what the, the healthcare situation is over there? Like, do they have universal healthcare? Because dude, like, like the, I think I, it, so. It was super rare to find like a set of teeth in that movie uh, that were straight. 
Um, they were almost like, there's so many mouths filled with teeth that were worse than mine were. And I'm like, what is going on here? That's <laughs> actually like, not anything I noticed. <laughs> no, I'm just, no? I, eventually I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, like as someone who spent their whole life with bad teeth, like it is okay. something I sort of noticed, right? But, um, well, until recently, uh, but, um, yeah, so I need to, uh, I need to emphasize though that, um, like the different, like there's a real difference in the level of like attractiveness between your average American extra or like a, like any like any person they're putting on film, and in Japan, which honestly, like I I liked I liked the fact that mm. like not like people did have kind of messed up people just look like normal people right yeah um and what's really interesting is the the Japanese woman who's born in America right who's the she's the most like attractive character in the entire maybe the lead is I don't know I'm not I'm sort of iffy on on men period never mind men from like other races like it's that's even more difficult for me to tell I'm serious dude like no, I no, mean I get I get like, you I get you if, as a white guy, like I, I mean like another white guy, I can pretty much tell who's attractive right um but when we get another rate like it it's it gets really I'm, I'm just I'm not good at it I don't know why well, one thing I'll, uh, I agree with you. One thing I appreciate about so many Japanese films in general, but I'll, I'll also say with the Godzilla films, yeah, like this one, they like they hired actual people. Now that's a, a like in the sense of it's it's something we're seeing now in North American shows where mm-hmm. I still dig Friends, but the idea was like with casting Friends, like oh everybody has to be this insanely sexy, attractive young single. Whereas now we're we're getting to a point where it's like hey, not everybody has to be the glamour model when they're like on the show. That's a mm-hmm. sensibility that Japan has seemed to have forever with a lot of their casting like i'm not like yeah the guy who played the lead the lead dude whose name is now just immediately slipping my mind um like he is like the attractive lead but he's also like he's not like a supermodel the the woman playing the the u.s japan ambassador she was like the most attractive woman in the movie, but also it's like, no, you, you, that's someone you, you could also know off the street. Like it's not just like, Hey, let's fill the the movie with all the pretty people. (laughs) Yeah. She's not Scarlett Johansson or anything. Yeah. 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 No, no. I think it's like, you know, it's like a straight, like a straight dude. I think like it's, it's, it's always sort of difficult to tell when another man's attractive. Like, I mean, it's a lot easier for me when like they, they, they have like feminine features. You know what I mean? Like when, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's just like Brad Pitt. Like that's a clearly he's a pretty man. You can tell, right? You can like, and, and with like uh, DiCaprio, you can see like in his eyes, like obviously Clooney, like, you know, Clooney always, Clooney but too. Clooney at the height of his ER fame, you were like, okay, that that dude's the hunky dude, and then yeah, now yeah. he's like, that's the silver fox, funny Clooney. <laughs> like, yeah, and the lead from uh, Godzilla, like he had like very good jawline, right? Like yeah. good cheekbones. Yeah, yeah, the, I can the, tell. But like the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, and when people are like, oh, Idris Elba's hot, and I'm like. I don't know, dude. He doesn't look like Brad Pitt, so I'm not sure how to, like, I don't know how, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So I'm just well, like... Oh. But also, like, it's something I appreciate with other other movies, and it seems like where we're getting now. Oh, is, yeah, yeah. No, you, you... Sorry, Chris. I'm so sorry. No, you said that, like, Japan has had that, like, that ethos for a while where, like, they don't yeah. track... They don't, yeah. I think that's very dope. Like, that. I mean, obviously, I think it, it's more of an indicator of how obsessed we are in the West with stuff like that and how we shouldn't be preoccupied with things like that because that doesn't... Well, also, like, attractiveness is something that's so subjective. 
Like it's it's I'll argue it's not just a universal thing where mm. something like someone's person at like someone you could be like, oh, they're they're like physically attractive. But then if you find them to be like with a terrible personality or just stuff where you're like, this is something that I'm not interested in or I find yeah. annoying or something like that, that impacts your attraction level. So someone yeah. being like, oh, I think Idris Elba is like crazy hot. It's also like Idris Elba is incredibly charming <laughs> and, yeah. like, and down to earth. And that would impact that. That's the thing with Clooney. Like he might be super rich and at times come off as pretentious, but he can mm-hmm. also come off as super accessible. Like, look, if you don't like Batman and Robin, I apologize. And here's 10 bucks. Like there's something about that, that... It, Attraction isn't just physical features, is, is all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, we're that, speaking, yeah. If we're speaking Sorry. purely in the realm of like physical attractions, I think there are like objective markers, but like obviously that's going to be on a spectrum because like there are going to be people who are attracted to things that like physically as a rule that most other people aren't attracted to, which is, it, I mean, it takes all types, right? Yeah. Um, moving on. Yeah, back to the I movie. don't want to talk about the attractiveness of men of different races anymore. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's a lightning rod. And I, every time I come on your podcast, I say something that like vaguely makes me regret coming on. So <laughs> there's I can think of one thing from like every episode we've done where I'm like, I should never have said that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be a thousand percent honest with you. I have never ever gotten any feedback from anybody being like anything that you've said is offensive. I've also never heard anything from somebody saying I've said anything offensive. Oh, it's not necessarily offensive, but also just like embarrassing. (laughs) You know, like I shouldn't have shared that. That, And I I should have (laughs) worded that differently, you know, like, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so lead, lead, lead me because again, Uh, sorry. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's interesting with this movie just because, the Godzilla franchise, it, it is one I love, and it's one that I think you can point to as a franchise where it's it's never just, it's just this one thing. Mm. Like, as much as I love Shin Godzilla, and to me, I'm like, it's one of the best movies, like one of the, I'll, I'll say films, like with a, with a capital F, mm-hmm. that I'd be like, of the past 10 years, even in compare, like I don't compare it to say the legendary Godzilla's, where it's like King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong. Like those are just as much Godzilla, but in in a different way. Mm. And they're they're looking at different aspects of the characters and the fun. And I'm like, I love those movies just as much, but in a very different way. They don't make me think, on, like think about things like this movie does, because this movie shows. I really appreciate what this movie, it's take on politics because it addresses politics and at times political inefficiently inefficiencies, but it's not doing it in a heavy handed way. It's Mm -hmm. not going through like, Hey, Japan, we suck. It's like, Hey, this is where some of our stuff, like we're too bogged down in our bureaucracy and it can lead to bad stuff Mm -hmm. or the tech, like the, the very interesting take of, the partnership with the U S where towards the end of the movie, the U S and the United nations being like, look, this is, this could be a problem that could become an issue from everyone else. So you got to evacuate. We'll help you recoup, but we're going to bomb you. Like we're, we're, we got no choice. 
no other like so few other countries is that a problem for like mm-hmm. that wouldn't happen with Canada <laughs> that would like to to that degree like we might go along with it but it might be like something like okay we'll agree with this it's not we're not automatically in a position where the rest of the world will just tell us like hey we're gonna do this you don't have the choice i kind of feel like literally any country other than the united states or maybe china would be in that position right because like like what i mean well i mean what do they i mean japan if they refuse they get destroyed if they agree they get destroyed they really have no well, i mean they agree like if they agree they they get one city destroyed if they disagree it's sort of like what are you going to what are you going to nuke any other like any of the countries that want to come in and nuke godzilla what are you going to do are you going to start a war with them are you so, going to let godzilla just destroy your country like what are you going to do right but with japan in particular mm-hmm. it's because of their history because of the treaty and the signings after world war 2 mm-hmm. where it's like they can't just do this. Like there's limitations on what they can do within their own country. Like why the, mm-hmm. uh, the SDF, I think the like the defense force, like it's a defense force. It's not an army. Yeah. And when they were in that original meeting, it's like, can we deploy? Like, no, cause it's just this. And it doesn't make meet the criteria of this treaty. Like, well, that, no, that was their argument for not being able to to bring in the U.S. at the at the time, right? Which well, I guess I'll, fell apart because they brought in the U.S. eventually. Well, <laughs> yeah, yes, at the time, but it's also like they couldn't decide what, like they couldn't just do it because it would be a violation of that treaty. And yeah, then the, like, it's like we to make a decision for our own country, we have to go yeah. to another country. Oh, I under, yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, there is a lot of, like, uh, I'm not saying, like, you know, that's not the reality. Like, I get the point. Like, that totally makes sense. It totally tracks with, with the situation in real life, for sure. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm, like their point is, like, oh, you know, like, I just think it's a maybe not the greatest circumstance or, like, that's the fair. way to frame it. Because I'm, like, literally any, if there was a Godzilla-level threat in any other country and the world is, like, we need to get rid of it, um, that country would have no say in it. Like, it really wouldn't. Like, I can't imagine... <laughs> A world wherein, like, the entire rest of the world wants to bomb a thing inside your country, and you're going to be able to prevent that from happening. I don't see how any country could do that, again, other than maybe the United States or China. Right. No, no, no. And I, I, I get that, but I, yeah, also th- yeah. I also think the point for well, I me... Know, I, my, it's, my interpreta- but it's not a good point, because yeah. you can map it on well, to literally any other oh, country. Oh, yeah, no, no. Right? My, my yeah. interpretation of the point was, like, we're not even being... Like, we, we don't even have the choice. We don't even oh, I have can the see choice how it to say no. Yeah. With Japanese people, I can totally yeah. see how, given the culture, but like logically, it's an it, argument you can make for literally any other country. So it kind of like does like it, you. I mean, it obviously, it does make sense within the context of Japan, but it yeah. could but it could make just as much sense logically, maybe not like culturally. Yeah, in any other country. Okay, so that yeah. that's my point, I guess. So no, no, no. You, and I, I get I, pedantic I, like that, right? That's, that's why the sequels make me so angry. oh yeah listeners uh we're we're not getting into the conversation now because we did part of that three hours was a good like hour and a half (laughs) which will will maybe be its own episode uh, one day um maybe yeah yeah i would like to do a little bit of research before coming on because there's like there's a lot of stuff i've read that i've forgotten that at the time (laughs) i was like this is such a you can't ignore this point like this is an infallible point and i can't remember um that but that was that was an interesting thing and also with japan like just the resignation like that all the characters were feeling when that was said just because of that like the history of japan 
They, yeah, they were. It, there was no. It was just like crap. You're right. And like we'll cut. We'll just cut. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like crap. This is happening again. Like this has happened to us twice on purpose and once accidentally. And we're the only country that this says like uh, Castle Bravo, uh, like something that was the like a huge inspiration in the original Godzilla because mm-hmm. America was testing atomic bombs but it was in the area of bikini atoll and there were fisher like there was a japanese fishing boat the lucky dragon five that was in the area someone didn't do the due diligence to make sure that these people weren't there and then as the boat went back the crew died the radiation did spread to a less degree so like the history of japan with nuclear radiation is is tragic and so like that impacts as well it's like here's this nation Again, like, even though, yes, it might be the right thing to do, but like, again, and it's us again, this hasn't happened to other places. And yeah, they keep getting nuked. eh? Like that's just through their own mistakes or through the United States. (laughs) And it's, it's fascinating and tragic. And I appreciated Mm. them bringing that up. So like, it's interesting with this movie as well, because I think a lot of this stuff that and with other Godzilla movies, I'll argue, and with, Jap- I, I think, Japanese media, and you can make the argument all media, but mm-hmm. maybe less so North American because it's it's made to be as accessible as possible. But, mm-hmm. like, Japanese media is, like, so much, like, within it, its cultural stuff, like what it, like, what they do, what they do in their shows, what they'll talk about in their shows, how they do their stuff in the shows is so different than than us. But then in the case of this movie, like, it's a political movie, but how it talks about it and addresses things is very different than how we do. Um, and, that, and that's different. some of the things I appreciate because I'm like, hey, how we talk about politics or how we, we buff against stuff isn't always the best way. And I, I appreciate seeing that. Like at no point in this movie, this very political movie that I think it was being preachy because it was showing the pros and the cons. And it wasn't trying to paint anybody in a negative light. It was just showing some of the bad stuff. Like you did this, a very good job of, of not coming off as like trying to hit you over the head with a metaphor or an allegory, right? Yeah. The the scene with the prime minister, like one that comes in particular that could have been played for laughs to be like, hey, this guy's a buffoon. It's just noodles? like, oh, no, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that did, I was like, oh, crap, this guy is in way over his head. And then well, it was shown to be that wasn't the case. Well, also, it's because it's like, hey, it's hierarchy. We got to go with the most senior guy. And this was a guy who was like, I do this. I'm not the person to run a country. Creed's in the manager's chair. All the time. <laughs> but <laughs> give me a, give me our biggest cut. <laughs> <laughs> We're going under. <laughs> We're going under. Starting to, <laughs> I don't want you to end up as a. As it, what is it, a dead mam- mamma jamma or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we got to do an office series. Um, mm-hmm. But no, no, like the, the first prime minister, like earlier in the movie, when right before Godzilla comes on land, and it's a possibility that that early version of Godzilla will come on land. But they're like, it's not likely. Don't say that it won't come on land, though. And his intention is to, to comfort his people. There's nothing wrong with that. But then right after, like, <laughs> just that split second of like, I re- he's like, there is no way this thing's coming on land. It cuts to like 
someone telling him has come online. Yeah, yeah. He's like, like literally what? right after. Yeah, yeah. And that and didn't and it, somebody in the meeting say, hey, don't say anything that we don't know for sure. Well, right after they were like, you shouldn't have said that. But then he's still like, I need to like the people need comfort. The people need reassurance, like because uh, they're panicking right now. Like, yeah, they should be. Exactly. <laughs> no, they should be panicking. But I also yeah. really appreciated that because it's like. Yeah, they're showing he made a mistake, but they're mm-hmm. also humanizing him because his, his intention was like really pure. It wasn't to lie to the people. It wasn't like, nope, trust your government. It's just like, you're scared. I'm trying to provide you comfort. Yeah, I really, yeah, that is something that like um, often you don't necessarily see in like Western films where um, there was no real like bad guy. Like even the people who, where you could blame for something or who maybe at fault weren't bad people. They were yeah. literally like, like you could totally, totally understand and give the benefit of the doubt and not blame him for, for, for doing that. But at the same time, it's like, like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. But you know, you, they need to be evacuating. They should not necessarily be panicking. Maybe they should be evacuating in a non panicking way, but they shouldn't just be like, everything's dope. Because <laughs> well, it's not, dude. You need to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And something like something I appreciated with him is they did show him like being like, let's evacuate. And you had other people in the cabinets rightfully mm. being like, look at like, OK, are we jumping the gun here? Like this is really negative impact, like negatively impacting our country. And it would be so easy. Like Western movies would just jump on that. There was like the finance people just being like. Okay, but like we might need to exterminate. Like, look at like let's logically look at like how this is got like how this has impacted the airport, the tunnel, like all these financial things that we need for our country. Mm-hmm. In a Western movie, or I'll argue in a lesser movie, it would probably jump on to that like no greedy money like that. But it, it didn't. It still kept them human. Like they were still on board. And with the prime minister, they also showed them when. Godzilla was was coming in and he was romping around the first time he was like he was about to approve the defense force attacking. But then it's like there were two people and he's like, no, call it off. Nobody could get hurt. I'm like, that was awesome. That's that's really cool, because you can also go down the discussion of like that could have ended the movie there. I know, dude, when that happened, I that was like, I think the first and only time I spoke out loud to the movie. Like, <laughs> nope. Didn't it, that shouldn't have mattered, man? It was like that. It's not relevant. You know how many people are gonna die anyway? Like you care about these two fishermen or whatever? Like these, like it literally doesn't matter, it was, dude. It, it, it was a parent with their children running across the train track. I, I, no, no, I thought I think it was. An, I thought it was an elderly couple. I, that's what I. Now that we Maybe? now that we yeah yeah because I remember the scene now. I thought it was, but either way, it really doesn't matter, dude. Because like the decision is like it's like okay, you know, if we shoot. Like, they're probably gonna die. How many people died already? Like, well, they, uh, they, I, I appreciated it because they also had evacuated. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but like, you're not gonna get everybody right. And no matter what you do to stop this thing, people are gonna die. They're gonna die if you don't stop it. They're gonna die if you try to stop it. Doesn't matter which way you try to do it. They're going to die, right? So saving these two old people right now, it doesn't matter. Like, I get like what, his, <laughs> but like, I think that in a way, it did start to show like, okay, okay, you can be irresponsible, right? Like, you can sort of adhere too much to your values like there's there's some like there's a diminishing return eventually right you sometimes you have to be pragmatic right like you have to make these hard decisions and that's something i appreciate about this movie because i think Mm. it organically brings up a good way to have these conversations would have been so easy 
to make the prime minister someone overly preachy, but he wasn't. And it would have been so easy to make so many of the other characters just like, nah, screw him. We're concerned about the infrastructure and all that. Oh, you know what I liked? We're like, yeah, because in the American movie, they would have like really, really hit home how like inept and incompetent he was for the decisions made. And then we know that scene where like he and like basically everybody else die in the helicopter. They would have like focused. They would have really been like, hey, guys, hey, you're really going to enjoy this. Here's some justice, yeah. justice P for you. Right. And they um, and they, they like they they would just like you'd be like, ah, and then the tail would hit the, the helicopter. And be like, yeah, the guy who sucked died. And it's like in, in this movie, it was so like. I was like, wait a minute. Wait, wasn't the prime minister on that helicopter? Yeah. <laughs> and I had to like think about it after. And like they never they didn't shove it down your throat. They didn't like it was just sort of inconsequential. It's like, yeah, the helicopter got blown up. We need a new PM, right? Um and I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah, because in in this in the US one, like in the Western one, they really would have focused. Like he would have been like, here's here's your heel, here's your foil, here's the yeah. guy to hate, right? Yeah. And I appreciated like they they so many people in this movie, I'm just like Yes, I'm watching fictional characters, but I feel like I'm watching people, like actual yeah. people you can see. And then like they uh, people towards the end, I found like, all right, like, all right, people are dying in this indiscriminately. And it's not celebrating that. And that also adds to the impact of when someone dies on screen, when destruction <laughs> happens on screen. You're like, oh, like, oh, dang, like. These people were like, in the case of that cabinet, the prime minister should have left earlier, but he's like, I can't leave while all my, like all these people in my country are here. Like I have, this is happening. I have to stay for them. Like, Mm -hmm. what does that say about me to them? But also like, what message does that send to them? Like, Hey, I'm going to peace out. You're worthless. Die. (laughs) Peace. Like, and then his cabinet members are like, no, you have a responsibility to outside of just this city. And it's just so interesting because it, it looks at things in an, I found an earnest, honest and objective way. And I think that's yeah. what I appreciate about this movie the most. And then also Godzilla being so different, but still so Godzilla that, oh man, just fascinating. Yeah, um, like when when he didn't like, uh, I um I didn't know if that was gonna like uh, when you know when he didn't want to leave. I didn't know if that was going to be like a commentary on like um like duty and honor and stuff like that, which seemed to be pretty uh, relevant to Japanese mm-hmm. culture. They seemed to be like a prominent sort of thing, like uh, shame and pride and duty seem to be very important things, right? Um, so I didn't know if they were gonna like try and hammer home some sort of message there. I think like. Yeah, they did the best job they could in remaining like impartial or just giving you like uh, every side of the story while still bringing, yeah, but still framing those situations or presenting them to you, right? Oh, crap. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there where I'm like, it, it just, it's very, very different than, uh, yeah. like a Western film. And it's, and it almost seemed like there's a lot of ways where it was like, they they were weirdly focused on the bureaucracy, like preoccupied with it. I wouldn't say I'd be like, okay, okay, okay. Let's can we can I see more of Godzilla, please? <laughs> Just, I would like more of that, right? And no, it's funny. I was thinking about like when you when you think of like a Western film and you think of like. A, a city being destroyed, like buildings falling and stuff. You you can just like you would always like I I can see in my mind like just people falling out of them and stuff, right? Like the CG people being like just total madness, right? 
um, it, it was just really interesting to watch. Um, like how it, it, doesn't that seem to be a common theme? Where like in most Godzilla movies, people are like evacuated from the cities. Like they, yeah, they do that a lot. There's yeah. only um, well, it makes sense. That is what would happen. Yeah. But like. You know, are there any movies where Godzilla gets there before they can evacuate? The original, and I'll even say this one, because even though this one shows people evacuating, it also shows, like, packed highways. You know people are dying. Um, and then Yeah, the, I, well, I mean, to be fair, like, it just showed, like, a lot of cars, yeah, um, that were left there. Well, I mean, and, and they did mention the death toll afterwards. Like, it they did. But, yeah. But they, they also mentioned how many people got out to the, like, yes. like oh, millions of people uh, yeah. successfully evacuated, right? So. No, which... That's something I did. I did appreciate, but the one that probably had it the most, I'd say, was the was the original, um, mm. because the original was also like really focusing on the the Hiroshima and, and yeah, Nagasaki. it was super super close to the original allegory upon which the, oh, yeah. the whole thing was based, right? So and like, it's going to be very like the most simple, uh, very like least yeah. uh, nuanced take. On, on the allegory, I guess. Now, now this one, like, it's interesting that you you brought up the bureaucracy point because I think my original my original watching, like, partway through, I was like, wow, okay, we're really focused on this and we're introducing so many characters that are dying off and it's hard to keep track. But then I'm like, okay, that actually served, like, that did serve a purpose because it was trying to make that statement about government. But then also, in a way, much like the, the original... So I really appreciated that take with that time with all the bureaucracy and all that stuff. Cause one, it makes you really want to see Godzilla more, which mm. is always a good thing. But then also it, when you're looking at like the intention was like the guy just, just like, look, I love this franchise and I love it where it's movies, where it's Godzilla plenty. And the whole point is him rock him, sock him, roboting with another monster. But I don't want to just do that. Like I want there to be like a thing. And with him, it was again, like more so looking at the slow response due to how things were set up with the government, with the Fukushima disaster, with the, with the tsunami and the earthquake that Japan had experienced. And it would lose that impact, at least for me, if we didn't have that time. Like you, you probably could do it shorter, but for me, I was like, it's it, it's nailing down that point oh. of that confusion. Yeah, if we're gonna, yeah, we're talking about runtime. <laughs> Holy crap! Um, yeah, yeah, uh, runtime was like they could have been. They definitely could have trimmed some fat there for sure. Um, I like. I would have I, liked to have not had to wake up so woken up so early to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that, your take on runtime could have been also like the time you got up or the lack of sleep. <laughs> I know, like the more I've watched it, I I don't find it lags. I personally, I'm just like it's a smooth sailing. Like the story shifts gears, mm. absolutely, but I enjoy the gear it's in for the first one because that that first gear serves a purpose. And then yeah. when we get to the second gear, I'm like, okay, this is also very enjoyable, but I might not enjoy it as much if we didn't have that first gear. But also, yeah. that's that's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, if you think that the initial focus on the bureaucracy, like, okay, we're setting up this thing, but we're going to move into more, like, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting an interesting territory later on, it's like, oh, no, no, this is like a main, this is yeah. this is the chunk of the plot here. Um, <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, it's interesting because, like, Godzilla is a concept. I mean, well, you can do it three ways, right? You can do it, you can look at it from, 
you can do sort of a oh you're following a family or or civilians and the, the way that they make their their way out of the city or the mm-hmm. way they experience it. Um, like I mean, not like all civilians, but just like a particular character, right? Um, or like the 2014 characters. approach with um, the 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 main dude. Yeah, like like yeah, like um, or Matthew King Broderick of the Monsters or, or yeah, when it's focused yeah, yeah. on yeah. Like the yeah, like the '98 Godzilla, like that, like that's sort of what I'm thinking, right? Like not in terms of like <laughs> portraying Godzilla that way, but the way they focus on Broderick and those characters, right? It's like through his, their like, viewpoint. Yes, yes. So you can do it like that. You can do it like the way they did it, with like it's it's just like the bureaucracy of it and how the government handles it. Um, and I think the other way is to do it like uh, Godzilla versus Kong, right? Where you just it's just a movie about two monsters messing each other up. And um, so what much I would fun. like to. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, especially if you think Godzilla is like dope, right? Um, and you're all about what Godzilla is. And yeah, <laughs> you definitely see like really, really digging that. My, I w- what I would like to see, and it's obviously not completely original, um, but I would like to see like a, a Cloverfield esque version of Godzilla hmm. where you don't follow one person's take of the thing the whole time, but it's just you. The, the most, the only dialogue you get really is from either people like screaming at each other, but you don't get to, you don't get to know what you don't follow it. You don't like you don't get context beyond the things they're saying to each other. Or and news, new. I think the news reports would be the most. Um, it's mostly news reports and stuff like that, right? Or you'll hear like um, orders over. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. There's no. I want it to be all completely like found footage. So you're seeing it through cell phones, through news reports, through things like that. Like it's all like someone is filming it, but you don't focus on any one character. You don't get anything beyond what you would get as a person in the world. Potentially, interesting. You know, if, yeah, like so. If you can hear radio broadcast, yeah. or if you can see, th- that's information you'll get. So it's but so because uh, I think it would be so visceral. Yeah. To see, um, you know, all of a sudden you have a, a phone view through like a high rise of Godzilla just like coming through the building across like and just just pure destruction type of thing, and then it cuts to another like maybe a um, a helicopter view, a news helicopter. Like just I want it to be very visceral, very real, very like scare me, make me feel like I would if I were there. Right. You know what? I would be on board with that movie in in a heartbeat. Um, Mm. and then I'd be, I'd also be up for like the, I don't want to say midquel, but the one from the other side where you're seeing it from the perspective of the people who are in the know and trying to catch up with it and address it from that side. That'd be Mm. fascinating. Um, like this, this one, even though like, yeah, you had some main players, like I would say, I wouldn't say like this is looking at it from the personal viewpoint of X, Y, and Z. I'm like, this is more of a, in a way, like a Japanese societal look because it it is looking at it from the government's perspective, but it's also like multiple people within the government. (laughs) And then, yes, it's, it's shortened down to that task force who are like, look, there is no red tape. Just speak freely. We're not worried about hierarchy or seniority here. We'll hash everything out. The best idea wins kind of thing. Like it, it did get to their viewpoint, but it also, it was looking at it from other people who were peripherally attacked, attached to them, like their viewpoint. It wasn't just like, hey, we're following this one character. But that idea where it's just like a monster attack where you don't have all the context, you don't have all the know-how, and it's just everything's happening, like, sounds awesome to me. Give me that in spades. <laughs> yeah, like someone just came in afterwards and got as much footage from as many different sources as they could. And like, just, it's almost like a documentary, but there's there's no dialogue. There's no, yeah. you just... 
like you're just watching it happen, right? And yeah. it's almost as if like as if there was as if you were just some sort of entity that watches Earth, right? And you just <laughs> see, you know, you could even have satellite footage of like the destruction caused, you know, stuff like that. Like it could just it could just cut to all these different like, oh, Chris, I think we could make a really good movie. <laughs> Or, or heck, I'll, I'll take it a, I'll take it a step back. You could do it like a couple of years later, where someone's just like a film school student who's like, "Hey, this is somehow like this is what media can do," and when you're just responding in the now when you don't have all the stuff, and I've collected all this footage, like that could be interesting. Where it's like, here's how we can get story as it happens mm-hmm. without. Yeah all the context without everything where it's just this is happening now and people immediately reacting to what ha- what's happening in front of them as it happens without the knowledge of the why or where or what like what's happening oh. a monster is here why nobody knows just run <laughs> dude run <laughs> yeah I, mean, I you know honestly like like what do you, uh, i don't want to talk about cloverfield but i would love to i would love to talk about cloverfield because I, I i like it a lot more than like most people seem to like it i think a yeah. lot of people seem to it was hacky i'm like no dude that was dope like, I, it was a I, dope movie i like cloverfield i like yeah. i like what it could have done i don't mm. think it did as much with what it was setting up with what it could have done um yeah. because and Cloverfield also unfortunately came out of out towards the that time where found footage was like just really pissing everybody off. Like eventually it got more accepted in like the, the horror movies of like uh, friggin' the one some of the ones we were talking about earlier, like in, before we recorded. But found footage and shaky cam and all that was stuff that was increasingly happening in so many movies. Wasn't, wasn't Clover, wasn't, it was a Blair Witch was the first one, but I'm pretty sure Basically. Cloverfield was like the second movie of oh, like no. ever to do no, that. No, no, no. It was, it was the, it, there were other movies that were using that approach. It was the one that was using it the most since, um, since Blair Witch, but there had been like Blair Witch two and three and other movies well, that yeah, started. But like, I mean, Obviously, because that's the Blair Witch thing, right? Yeah. But, like, I think, like, because to me, I remember it being, like, I'm, like, I haven't, like, the only other movie I've seen like this of found footage is Blair Witch. I hadn't, like, in my memory now, I had no knowledge of literally any other movie that had done that. Um, and I feel like that was where, like, sort of the bulk of the criticism came from because, um, and I just felt like that they paved the way. Like, they did it, and then a whole bunch of other movies did it afterwards. Is it, was that not the case? Like, am I missing... So, I think a thing, that, a common criticism that goes towards, like, the found footage thing is something that other movies were, yeah, other hugely successful franchise movies were using, but not found footage. But with found footage, a lot of the stuff is like, oh, hey, it's just this random person filming on their phone and all that. <laughs> so, when they run... The camera gets blurry. The screen gets shaky, and all that. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the drama. I heard. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, so, I was like, dude, I never. I, I mean, obviously, like, it, it, okay. Here's the thing, Chris. As I'm watching it, like, I don't get motion sickness. I don't have a problem with that. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, that wasn't an issue for me. But I didn't think about that till afterwards, where people are like, "Hey, it was too shaky." And I'm, my first reaction is like, it "Wasn't too shaky?" Because I didn't think that. <laughs> and then when I look back on it, like when I watched it again, I'm like you know what? It could have stood to be less shaky, but obviously that's going to be part of it. Like obviously it's going to be shaky. Right. But I mean, you can make the argument that in Cloverfield, there was a little too much. So I I think, I think Cloverfield was a victim of its own timing. Mm. Also because like, 
other mo- like other franchises, and as much as I, I love it, I'll point at like Chris Nolan's The Dark Knight franchise as a prime example of this. But then also you had like Transformers and basically any other action movie or so many other franchises. When it was time for an action scene, it would be like, let's zoom in. Let's do the cut, cut, cut. So you're not getting wider frame shots. You're oh. not seeing everything that's going on. And yeah. people were just like, so many people were tired of that. Oh, I hated that, that Chris. I hate it so much. Oh, no, I'm with you. But then yeah. Cloverfield, that contextually makes sense within Cloverfield because but you're following people <laughs> who are just filming. <laughs> yeah. But because it's just like a bunch of random dudes running around just being like, all right, let's record this as this happens. Of course, they're not going to pause and turn the camera and you're going to cinematically see this monster like smacking the head off of the the Statue of Liberty or knocking down a building. That scene was dope. Though. It was. That was but so good. So many people, I think, at, if Cloverfield had came out like three years later, mm-hmm. I think it w- that criticism would not have hit like hit as much it would have been looked at i think a little more contextually at the time but because so many movies were doing the shaky cam when it didn't make sense it's just like hey we can do this and it's intense and you're right in the fight where it's yes, like yes, look yes, i yes. want to see the fight i don't care <laughs> if you're no, just but- cutting to some random elbow like no i want to see them throw down <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah for sure i hate like i i like there's for decades I would say dec- I'm old enough where I can actually say that now. Decades. Uh, there's We've no been alive act- for almost three and a half of them. <laughs> yeah. like, that's bonkers. So, <laughs> there's there's no action movie I can really I can think of off the top of my head where I'm like, like it, literally every action movie, I'm like it's it's all the action scenes are ruined because I'm like, what's happening? I can't follow it at all. Why would anyone make this? Why would anybody anybody <laughs> on earth think that like this is like good or watchable or coherent or like I, I do Chris like believe me I am on the same page but like in terms of like, and I'm not saying you're making this argument but like no, anyone no. who would make the argument that you that you presented right that um like that you know the, I really wanted to see it hit the head off the statue okay so I would make this argument while it wasn't insanely shaky it would focus on the moments wherein you needed it to focus and to be fair if you were watching found footage online right you wouldn't be like no, absolutely. You didn't frame it right. You didn't because that was the whole concept of the movie, right? You would be like, you would just be like, in awe, like that. You're just you. You wouldn't be complaining well, that it wasn't in frame, right? You would be completely like hand over mouth. What is happening? Is this thing going to like destroy the country, right? So that's sort of like what you're supposed to be feeling. You're supposed yeah. to just be like. So I'll, I'll also say absolutely yes yeah. to all of that. However, no. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to add context to the why you you yeah. said you don't get why I'm adding some of the why um, like well, I get why I just think ju- just general fatigue, <laughs> just general fatigue to the stuff. But also one of the things I loved about Cloverfield was mm. its marketing campaign. I still oh, remember fantastic. the I remember the first teaser trailer because I think mm-hmm. we were at the movies with Mike and we all saw it together and all you had was just this random party and you're like, okay, what is this? <laughs> you're just like, all right. And then out of nowhere, it's just the Statue of Liberty's head bouncing down the street and you're like, what? And you had no idea what it was. I, I Which, can't remember a time before or after that I've been so hooked by a marketing gimmick, like they which was, it. which was so outstanding, and I think to a degree it might have worked against it, only because, too much like, 
Not necessarily, because, I mean, like, look at how much hype The Dark Knight had. That was guerrilla marketing to an umpteenth degree, and it worked. But Mm -hmm. because it's a monster movie, Mm -hmm. and so many, like, basically every big blockbuster monster movie, you get the wide shots, you get this, you're like, you're following that. Once you learn it's a monster movie, you're thinking like, okay, it's going to shift from that. And it never did. So I I never I honestly I know I'm mean, okay yeah 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 good okay yeah I could I I mean I I I, I think that's the that, general would, audience disconnect like once you real? find out I think once you find out it's a giant monster movie you're like okay they're doing this great tease to hook us but then it's going to be this and it's like no oh, and it's still staying yes. as that okay okay this okay trailer this trailer yeah. and teaser is exactly what you're going to get you're going to yeah. be confused you're going to not know what's going on it's going to be expected- awesome. <laughs> They expected a gimmick. Yeah. And they didn't. I, they got I what the movie think was. That, that's my interpretation of what happened. Because like, when I read the reactions of like, I like, why was it like this? It's like, nowhere did it say it wouldn't be like this. But then I'm like, okay, wider scope. When I think big monster movies, it's always what you always get. A lot of the monster, you get the wide shots, you get like all that Cloverfield. You see the like Clover, the monster, like for maybe 10 seconds like 10 to 20 seconds total yeah. <laughs> like that that's it <laughs> it's to me it was it blew my mind as a concept uh, i was blown away i'm like this is perfect i want like it, it i was hooked immediately because i'm like I, I just saw all the possibilities i saw how could cool it could have been how original it was yeah um it, it was they did every, i don't know man i can't like uh, to me i don't <laughs> Man, if you don't like, if, if someone says me, like, oh, okay, now I know I don't have to like listen to things you say about anything. I, I can just write you off. Like, no, because it's like, dude, it's. <laughs> I, I, that's something I'm like, don't do that. But I, I remind myself not to do that. But with me, it's like anytime someone tries to tell me like, oh, White Chicks is a, is a good movie worth watching. I'm like, I am actively trying to remind myself that no, I'm not going to write you off right now. <laughs> You're basic, okay? I'm out. You're basic. Get out my I, face. I, I, uh, that's something, it's just like, all right, art is subjective. <laughs> Gotta remind myself. Mm, mm, is it? Is it? I'm um, sure those rules. But I, then, can you, like, you know, can you paint on a canvas by building a car? No, that doesn't make any sense. So clearly there are rules to art. That's like, uh, like, like, no, no. I that's mean, also are, right? very like, different. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Like, it's the same. It's the same. Okay. So it's like, it's like people are saying like, you know, I'd go online and I'll look at people who are like trying to give advice for like people who are trying to get into audio engineering. And they're like, there are no rules. It's like, okay, well then I will uh, shove the microphone up my butt and fart into it. And that will create uh, a song as good as like any Beatles song. Of course there are rules, idiot. Like like you can't say there are no rules. But that's also looking at a discipline of an aspect of art. Like when you're talking about Mm. art generally, like, hey, Mm. I'm going to make a movie. Am I going to go like try to technically make it as good as possible? A hundred percent. Are there like, are there rules and guidelines to do that? A thousand percent. But is someone's interpretation of it going to be different than my interpretation of it? Absolutely. And that's where meaning art is subjective. And that's where I'm like, there aren't necessarily any rules. Like my reading of a movie is going to be different than yours. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) I would say that, you know, I mean, you could make, oh, dude, like some, there's some movies out there that are pretty messed up. Like what if, okay, what if Hitler made a movie 
you know, about all the stuff that he believed, and it was cool. And it's like, didn't okay, he? I guess like, <laughs> no, did he? I assume people made there was probably there's a whole bunch of propaganda. Films, I I'm think assuming, right? I, I think there was a movie made by Hitler or like by someone close to him, and it was all propaganda stuff and all that. And yeah. then it's it, it it's something that's been interestingly brought up where someone's like, I'm never going to say this is a good movie because it's yeah. not. Yeah. Was were some of the technical principles applied? Yes, Absolutely. and that's yeah. all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like art is subjective in a way, but I think if you're going to get into that of like, oh, literally anything could be considered good by any given person. It's like, okay, well, I mean, that's sort of like the case before we created society, right? Like, I could be of the mind that um, everyone should be subservient to me and obey what I think and say, and that any society that isn't built in that manner is actually a- immoral and not a, you know what I mean? Like if we're, if we're going to break down art to that, then we might as well not like it, we could, art could be literally anything whatsoever. Right? Like, I mean, you can make that argument for anything on earth. Like there's so many things that we agree upon. Like this is the case. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is how we should do things this is how we shouldn't do things. And a lot of them were, like, there's a lot of stuff that's arbitrarily decided, but everyone seems to have come to a consensus. Right? So I think there's, an argument to be made there where I mean I guess technically yes like anything could be art but I think we should probably have discussions and try and decide like try and come to a consensus a reasonable consensus as to what should constitute art and what probably shouldn't right so like when people say things like like I don't know dude I don't know I think there's good art like I think there's no, no. good art and bad art right and I don't think I don't think it's subjective I don't I <laughs> think there's an objective measure of what <laughs> constitutes good art and bad art and I think we could agree I think most people can agree on those objective measures, right? Like, I, I really I, do. Well, uh, no, no. And I, I get where you're coming from. And I'll say yeah. I agree where you're coming from. Yeah. But I'm also going to say what somewhat uh, like at the end of the day with uh, like with a movie, like mm-hmm. films are art, period. Like to mm-hmm. me, fil- films are art. What are that? What is that art trying to accomplish? Then I'll mm-hmm. uh, then I'll get into the subjectivity of it um, and that kind of thing. But. Like I'll I'll enjoy something where I'm like, look, this is just light fluff. I'm not going to compare it to like something highbrow. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it doesn't line up. We're not talking like if I'm talking Fast and the Furious, I'm like, look, I'm not going to compare this to Schindler's List. Yeah, I don't like, consider that art per se. Like I consider that a movie. You know what I mean? Like here's the I get, thing. I get dude. what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think that I just I think. <laughs> and this like this could be its own podcast in itself yeah, we're getting it into be. the weeds here but it does because yeah. godzilla is a franchise that does both of those things like mm-hmm. it, it is a franchise where it'll be like this exploration <laughs> meditation on like the horrors that a country has gone through after it's been bombed or after it just had very bad like natural disasters back to back. But it'll mm-hmm. also be like, let's have fun putting dudes in suits, fighting other dudes in suits and knocking over awesome, like awesome, like model towns and stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's interesting because one is, I'll be like, it's higher brow art or it's mm-hmm. more, it's more intense art. Or mm-hmm. yeah, it could you could say more valid art, mm-hmm. but the principles like mechanically they're making the movies the same. They're going through the same process. It's still someone yeah. expressing their creativity out mm-hmm. on the page. An actor like using their talent to artistically promote it. It's like a lot of the principles are the same, but it's also its goal is very different. Yeah, I think there's a disparity between, like, if there's, 
I think a disparity can be so broad so as to sort of invalidate a blanket definition, right? What, like, uh, I think a good example might be, like, I don't know if you've seen it yet, uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. No, no, not yet. Wherein um, it's a comedy special, but, like, it does, it, it is so, <laughs> so poignant and right. so um, thoughtful and meaningful and um, there's so much allegory uh, packed into it. Um, that like there's so many different things at play and there's so much context and nuance that it should not be defined as a quote-unquote comedy special. Like it, if it's going to be, it basically turns everything that was that came before it, it, it invalidates it, right? It basically hmm. says, if you're going to define this as a comedy special, you can no longer define what was previously defined as a comedy, as a comedy special. It changes the game in such a manner so as to prevent the game from being played in the same way yeah. right like it, it's it, so to me it's like i feel kind of stupid calling it a comedy special um given everything that it achieves artistically or philosophically um or emotionally compared to other uh comedy specials um so i think there's like you know you can say obviously you know we're going to call a child's drawing art and we would call the mona lisa art but I mean, it. We I think the disparity is so large that maybe we need different definitions, right? <laughs> or, or at least like having not considering one art and considering the other art, I think is completely valid uh, perspective to have. I, I'm I'm torn on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because they're both paintings, right? You, yeah. I would be fine with saying yes, they are both paintings, but are they yeah. both art? No, no, I would not say. I mean, like if if art is taking something and uh, like art, because like. Art can be so broad so as to be a meaningless well, yeah. definition, it, it, right? And that's the there there's the catch twenty-two with that. I think mm. if you can it's it's iffy because I don't like necessarily adding like so many labels because then it's like or everything's labeled or, or gatekeeping it. But if yeah. you add so many labels, labels can be helpful, but they can yeah. also get to the like pointless where <laughs> like, all right, what is this? Like, oh, we're, we're post grunge emo core this where it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I've never known how to define my music ever, dude. I, it, it's constantly changing. But, but then it's like, I'm not, uh, Beatles to me is a, a very interesting example. I'm not going to look at the Beatles and be like, look, I want to hold your hand. Like, you're not artists when you wrote this song. Of course, I'm going to look at Revolver and Rubber Soul as, like, deeper explorations of themes and meaning and all that and that have are very different than I want to hold your hand. But I'm not going to be like, that's not art. It's art, but it's it's not going for what the other thing's going for. So if, well, if we can come up with that definition uh, or that label being like, okay, what's the aim of this art? Because mechanically we're doing the exact same thing. Like it's still someone applying their talent. It's still someone doing this. It's still someone mm-hmm. cre- creatively putting out something. Is it mm-hmm. as creative or as deep as like a day in the life? No, no but, but it, here's, it's here's absolutely the- different, but mechanically it's, it's similar. And it's, a, it's still a creative endeavor, which would be art. <laughs> I suppose if that's how you would like to define it, um, I would make the argument that like, I think a lot of people's uh, like, if you, if you look at it like that, um, you're sort of limited by what knowledge you have in terms of like songwriting or the history of, of pop music up to that point. Okay. Um, and what's really occurring and I want to hold your hand, like they could not have written anything in revolver without having to write. I want to hold your hand first. 
um, I think every year they basically were their own Beatles. You yeah. know what I mean? Where people are like, oh, this never would have happened to the Beatles. Well, whatever the Beatles wrote in 1963 would have never happened to the, what the Beatles wrote in 1962. And it's not because, it, like, it's it's true, man. They were, like, every year they were, oh, like, yeah. a musical revolution. When you look at pop music or Western music uh, before the Beatles, they literally invented modern music. They literally invented, like, it was it was basically, like, uh, like <laughs> you had classical music, then you had big bands, which are basically, like, a faster, a little more contemporary uh, uh, <laughs> classical music. Then you had blues, but it wasn't really as popular as it could have been. And then you had the Beatles who, and I've watched several documentaries on this where they basically took like all of, all of popular music up until them and synthesized it. Right. Um, and so uh, when you look at, you know, I guess like it, for me, yes. Okay. So a cave painting, yes, that's technically art given the mental faculties they had at the time. Right. Um, but you know, now I would be like, I don't know. <laughs> Compared to the Mona Lisa, that's just like a, a caveman dueling on a wall, right? Like that's oh. literally what it is. Um, no, and I like I I get that entirely. Yeah. I get where you're coming from with that. Functionally, I will always defi- I will say that is art. I will say a child's drawing is art. I will say because I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to have. I'm not going to have this conversation with literally everybody who wants to define <laughs> things that I don't necessarily consider art as art, right? Like obviously, there's you're going to have to like make concessions, but I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't. It's that's I can't. I don't think I can make an, an objective argument for it, um, especially from the the sense of like from a um, a utilitarian sense. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to do that. I just think like philosophically, to me, um, given like I said, the disparity between like what it would take to make A compared to B, it doesn't seem like it's the same thing. Even though on the outside it seems like it's the same thing, right? That that's fair. I yeah. Like, I I also think with a lot of art, but well to shape this back to Godzilla. It also, it it also (laughs) does aim for what is the, like, what is the intention? Like what, what's the plan? Like if you're trying to, if this movie, I'd be like, I'll, I'll say like highbrow or I'll, I'll categorize it as like, it's film with a capital F because like it was a deeply personal story about a nation and looking at it, like what it felt, the director felt was, it's honest inaccuracies and it's exploring it through this avenue of a giant monster. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's crazy interesting. And then you also get very beautiful artistic moments where like everything's dialed up to 11. And I'm talking, I'll I'll say I'm talking about in particular the atomic breath scene that Mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, that is like one of my favorite scenes in film period, because it's also like everything that they're, like the emotion they're trying to convey the visual effects, the music, like everything is syncing up perfectly for me. Mm. Like I am impacted, but that's also what it's trying to do. It's Mm -hmm. trying to make you feel what's going on and it succeeds. And that's where I'm like, it's trying to convey an emotion and it is succeeding a thousand percent. When I look at say like a Godzilla versus Kong, it, it, it too is trying to convey something, but it's also like, let's have fun with this absurdity and let's take you on that ride and mm-hmm. let's get you jumping up and cheering as a giant ape like is jumping off of bi- like ping ponging off of buildings avoiding this atomic breath to ju- punch this giant lizard in the face like it's instilling this joy and that's mm-hmm. where I'm like it's still making me feel something it's still art and it's accomplishing that it's not trying to do it to the degree of a of a Shin Godzilla. 
and like both accomplish what they set out to do. Um, Shin Godzilla, it, it just accomplishes it in a, a very different way, but it's also trying something different. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it shouldn't like the, the metric shouldn't be so specific. Yeah, so no, no, no. To, yeah, yeah. But, but I think, with like, this, with this franchise in particular, it's like, yeah. look, there's room for both. Yes. I might yeah, not yeah, yeah, like sure. both as much. Like there, I might enjoy this one more for X, Y, and Z, but this is also just as much as this franchise. Oh yeah. Like I'm not going to like, yeah. I'm not going to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause if their intention, if they're, if they're achieving their intention, right. Which is, I assume with Godzilla just calling to be fun and make money and not be so ridiculous. So as to just, you know, to put people off. Right. Um, and, and I think like, okay, like the, the one thing I want to say is that not all intentions are, are equal, I guess. Right? Yeah. Like I think they're, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we could probably agree on that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think also there's a, there's a part wherein like it sort of like not everyone is capable of um, appreciating things in the same way or to, mm-hmm. to the same depth or degree as like others. Sometimes it's, it could be a matter of uh, like education, intelligence, um, ignorance. Uh, you know, yeah, just the things you've been exposed to, the things you've experienced. As opposed to other people, like um, they could just not have experienced the same thing, so they could not see things the same way you have, right? Um, well, yeah, there's, no. There's also going to be people who just like. Simply, it's not their taste. Or, no, it's not their taste. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. It, it's like earlier, as we were talking about the movie, we were talking about the differences, like how they present the politi- uh, the politics there or how we do it in Western stuff. And like, and if you were like, I didn't enjoy, uh, didn't enjoy that aspect because I found it like dragging and all that. I'm like, you know what? That's a valid take. I, I, I get where you're coming from. I don't, I didn't feel that because of X, Y, and Z, but even if you know that, that's, that's not necessarily going to mean that you're going to fully enjoy it. Like, yeah, cause like at the like, end of the day, some things just aren't for you or aren't for me. <laughs> yeah. Like it turned like to speak to that, like when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, like, I, like you've made your point. Yeah. Right. Like if I've already gotten your point and you're still continuing on making the same point. I'm going to sit here and start to get bored, right? Yeah. So, like, but I've noticed that with me, honestly, dude, and I don't know, uh, it might be, like, sort of, like, ADD-ish or whatever, but to me, like, when I'm, when I get the point the movie's trying to make, like, with a scene or, I'm, I'm like, okay, move on. Like, you don't, like, you made it. And now, other people may not get that point. They might need more. As soon as I get it, I'm like, okay, cool, we move on, right? And so, like, there are movies that don't do that, and, like, I don't know if it's, that's, like, a feeling of my part where, like, I'm not necessarily, like, you know, if like because you said, like when you make a movie, if you need to, if it needs to make money, right? If there's that profit incentive motive, and it's not just to make art, then you're going to need to make concessions, or right? you're going to need to appeal to yeah. people. You're, you're going like to a certain degree, right? It's like obviously, like you know, you're not going to, you know, if your studio's giving you money to make a film, you're not going to go make um um David Cronenberg's Godzilla, right? <laughs> you're not, not going to make like the eraser head of Godzilla movies because like nobody, they wouldn't make any sense. It'd be a total flop, right? <laughs> Um, well, it's, yeah, yeah. and I also think like it, it's interesting. And I think this movie is a good example of it in a, in and of itself. Like I can get, I, I can get that where it's like, you're like, all right, you've got, you, you've made your point. I, I don't need you to keep going back to it. I didn't feel like they were beating me over the head. Like, even though I got mm-hmm. the point they were trying to make, I still mm-hmm. felt like, okay, we're still adding some additional points. Like one of my favorite spots from the, the, that early chunk of the movie is when they brought in the scientists 
and it ended up being like the the joke was just like that was a pointless waste of time. Oh yeah, they told you literally everything that like they already knew, or you could just see by looking at it, or like. But then, yeah. but then, to me, I'm like, there's a step further here. You like, I, I took it as like a step further of we're at a point where cross culturally it's almost like we're afraid to say anything like not to get into this the the like people droning on and on about cancel culture but the similarity of like if i say something wrong and it's proven wrong like that's going to be pinned on me and i'm not going to be able to find work i'm not going to be able to do this and it's like look right now we need as many theories as possible i'm like yeah that's interesting yeah so but even actually, bringing up that i was like oh, i love that you're still focusing on like all the red tape and all that, but you're still bringing up all these interesting sub points or showing different ways where you're like, really, we got to do this. Like when we got to the fun SDF stuff, when Godzilla was coming back and looking like the Shin Godzilla for the rest of the movie, like it's the military person talking to the next military person who then talks to a third person who then has to talk to a guy in the room who then has to talk oh, to yeah. the woman next to him. Cause she's yeah, the head. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. she has to repeat the same stuff to the, the guy. It's like, I'm pretty sure he's heard it five times now, but it's yeah. like, we have to do it this way where I'm like, yeah. Interesting. Well, Why? <laughs> well, because that's actually, I mean, uh, to speak to that, that is actually uh, a component of, um, like, Japanese society, right? Like, oh, no. I remember reading, um, yeah, I know you know that. I remember reading, um, <laughs> just to say, though, because I did, did, did introduce the, the premise, but I was reading about how um, they actually had to, uh, like, uh, Japanese airlines, they actually had to adopt uh, the manner in which um, Western airlines, like, the uh, pilots and co-pilots talk to each other because um, there was so much um, cultural... Uh, like BS in terms hierarchy. of like hierarchy and communicating mm-hmm. with the, that people like planes were crashing because they were not able to speak their minds right yeah uh, so people were dying because of it and so they had to streamline they had to like well, like every other part of our culture this is cool to have it in there but in terms of like flying this plane we need to you know we actually need to talk to each other the way that Americans talk to each other right um, and so I think like that obviously like that was but again like I know that about Japan like, no, like Japanese and, people know that about Japan, but not I don't every, need that beaten. I don't need to be beaten over the head with that. <laughs> see, so, no, no, and, and I, 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 oh I, no, I was gonna say like sorry. that's just something, but like most people don't know that, right? Most people, yeah. like that, and but to be fair, and also they didn't actually, and again, this isn't, I assume, made necessarily for Western audiences because it was no. all Japanese people, and and it was spoken in Japan, Japanese, right? Um, so. I mean, Japanese people are going to watch it and be like, oh, yeah, definitely. That's an issue. We probably should be doing something about that, right? I don't like that about our culture. But in terms of like someone, you know, like a Westerner who's like, oh, yeah, I know that about Japanese culture. It's like, I, I don't like, I, it's it's weird to me in a way. Like, it's almost just like, okay, I understand that. You're not teaching me anything new. You're like sort of, but for them, I assume it's like, it's such like a, like, I, I assume it'd be like the equivalent of, of um, you know, me watching movie and watching police brutality or the way, like, the government handles uh, First Nations, like, our government specifically. Yeah. Or things like that, right? Where I'd be like, yes, that is an issue. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, I identify with it. Yes, you know. Um, but, yeah, yeah, as a Westerner, I'm just like, okay, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I, <laughs> but, man, I... Sorry. No, it's because I, I, I've been really, like, I've been thinking a lot about, like, I really want to, when I watch, I've been watching movies recently with, like, because I'm really starting to understand, like, what makes a good movie in a lot of ways, right? Or what makes a bad movie, I guess, more importantly. Um, and there's certain things where I'm like, 
oh, you know, you could curtail this or you could you should come at it from this angle because this would be more interesting and it would provide more possibilities down the line. You know what I mean? Like there's little things where I'm like, you could just change it this way, change it that way, change the tone, change little little tricks, little different decisions that it really makes you realize how many little decisions add up to make the movie that you're watching, right? And how difficult it is to really get everybody on the exact same page and coordinate all of it. And there's so many different opinions happening. There's so many different perspectives. Um, well, uh, it, it's just... Sorry. And then even within that, like... Yeah you could look at other the difficulty of where other studios or other places see like, Oh, this is working. So let's oh, that's- turn that into the machine. And then the author is starting to lose their voice. Cause as much like, I agree with you. I'll, I'll look at, I'll look at things. I I'm not going to open up the obvious kettle of fish, but I'll look at, uh, heck, I'll, I'll use the example of Godzilla of 2014. I really, really dig that movie. And I dig the choices that they made. But there's stuff where I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, if you did, th- like, if you cut this, you can, mm-hmm. like, this could have been better. If you presented it through this way, it could have been better. But also, like, that's very much like what, say, Gareth Edwards, how he wanted to present his story. Or if there was interference, being like, no, we have to do it this way because of X, Y, and Z, like, technically this, budgetary this, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be like, hey, my vision right, your vision wrong. But it's going to be like, it's interesting is is what I'm saying. I get yeah. a thousand percent where you're, where you're coming from because you're like, this could factually make the movie better. Mm. But it also might be like the person making it or creating it might be like, but I want to make what I want to make. And I want to have that sense of ownership of it. So it's it can be this interesting, tricky line. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, I, like, I, I, think, I, I get where you're coming from, though. It's yeah, a studio shouldn't. Whole, a studio shouldn't be like, let's copy what they did right. The studio should be like, let's not do what they did wrong. Uh, yeah, right. And I think more often than not, the lesson is uh, the lesson seems to be repeatedly, or at least I've been watching this happen over and over again my entire life, is that they hire someone because, like, hey, you have a really good idea, you have your original, you have skills, we want you to make this movie, and then they destroy it. <laughs> so it's like, why would you come to this person? Why would you hire me? Why did you hire me? If you're just going to come in and change everything I want to do, right? Uh, it, it's kind of like, you could have just made your own movie. You could have just bought the idea off me and made it however you wanted to make it. And I think that's like a lot of the issues where like studios are getting in their own way and it, it oh all my just gosh. seems to be, yeah, it just seems to be hubris. Cause it's well, like, it's, oh man, it's, it's this whole thing of like art through business. It's always been this tricky thing. Yeah. It's almost what? like, Hey, we should rely on health insurance companies for our healthcare, even <laughs> though they have, they, they have literally exact opposite, diametrically opposed incentive. <laughs> to, like to, to like their, their whole purpose, their, their incentive is to go against their entire purpose, which is like, <laughs> it's like, Hey, what's the most immoral, dumbest, nonsensical, unpragmatic way you can, you know, uh, frame this or, 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 uh, construct it. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, and I think it's the same thing. Like you shouldn't be making art for money. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's, and- it's counter, <laughs> Yeah, but then it's the it it is, but then it's also the tricky thing of like, hey, we're a business and we're like we're sinking our money in this. We want to get this back, and that's it's tricky. It shouldn't be, but it but that's something where I love something like this movie, where one like this this movie was made on a much smaller budget, and I'd argue it comes off better because of it. 
like at points before we started recording, we were talking about like some of the special effects lot. Like I'm yeah. not going to lie and say like, hey, this is special effects wise. This is as great as, say, Jurassic Park, because yeah. Jurassic Park to me is like that is still the best use of special effects in modern cinema period because like it was applying over like practical effects. And yes, there's stuff you can't do with practical props and effects that where you need just special effects. But I'll argue that Shin Godzilla uses its limited budget and it's like at points limited special effects much better than movies that have all the budget for all the special effects. Like not to pick on the prequels, but the special effects in those show or certain sections of Black Widow, a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Like there's sections where you're like, ooh, like did, did we need all those explosions or where I can clearly tell what is not seamlessly transitioning from CG ScarJo swinging down into something into actual ScarJo propping through the thing. At yeah. points you were like, with Shin Godzilla, I'm like, okay, what I'm looking at now is a special effect of a, like an animatronic special effect. It's a dude just like with the dots and all that. It's But if you were going to tell me like this was a guy in a suit performing that, I would believe you. Like, I'm not just looking at this as like, oh, this is clearly a CGI thing. It blends its special effects with its sights so well that it's it works. The only time for me where I'm like, this is a thousand percent clearly special effects, aside from like the atomic breath, because, of course, um, is like at the beginning when the like the guild fish kind of Godzilla thing is coming on land and it's pushing all the boats in the cars where you're like, all right, this is effective. But you also know, like. All right, I'm not looking at practical effects. This is this is clearly CGI. But yeah. within the context of what it was, you're like, I'm I'm down with that. You, it's it's necessary for this spot. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it all depends on where you want to start from, right? If you want to start from like I'm going to compare this against literally like all the best of the best, then yeah, you're not going to it's not going to stack up. Yeah. But if you, you know, you come in decide to judge it against itself within what it is, what it is doing with what it can or uh, what it has, yeah, like, I, I guess they did a decent job, right? Like, I, I um, it was weird. It was, like, weirdly bad yet good at the same time. And, I, like I said, like I was saying before when we started, I um, I was trying to figure out, like, why. Like, what made it good? Because <laughs> there were some, there were some there were parts where I'm like, it just doesn't, like, obviously it doesn't look real, right? Like, it, it, it you know, when it starts doing that wavy thing before it um changes, like, its skin is mm. starting to, like, it just looks like puddles on its skin. I'm like, that looks almost like reboot. <laughs> like they, the, the blood that comes down, you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's it was weirdly like I'm like it's good for how bad it clearly is. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like it is, but it's not like it, I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I found like graphics look the most real like maybe five to ten years after they started doing them, and have since started to like they hit a crest and now they're almost going back. Like yeah. I watch Marvel movies and none of this looks real to me. You can just cut. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, um, what I liked about it though, and I said this before when we first started talking about it, was um, the way they framed the shots. And I think that had a lot to do with how much money they had and how they had to frame the shots. Because you would you would watch uh, Western movies where they would have just so many frantic shots going on and you're getting all this action going on and they're, they're, every building is meticulously designed even though it still somehow looks fake because of the movement. Um, like it, it's, you would just have all this stuff happening and it would the shots would be so unrealistic and like weird and incoherent and kind of like, I don't know, whatever. Like they're just so epic all the time. Yeah. And what I really liked about this is that they had like real like interesting 
interesting shots um, of the monster and stuff. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I really, I really like what they, 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 they these Western um, studios should take an, uh, a page out of their book and put, maybe put some limitations on themselves, right? Give themselves some rules to work with and not like, hey, I can literally CG everything that I want now. And it's like, no, yeah. dude, you, you can't do that. Like, like that. Everyone, I think most people should go back to doing it. If you can make it practical, do it. Well, like CG should be a last resort. Like not to like again not to prick on pick on the prequels, um, mm. but like I understand why like they were as CG as they were, but like an example being like Ewan McGregor, I honestly shudder to think what those movies would have been without him, especially Attack of the Clones, because so mm. much of it is just him off by himself, like reacting to aliens, where it's like. You didn't even have a stand-in. Like, I... You, That's insane. You have to... Like, of course, like, the way they came up with the Camoans, it's like, yeah, you're gonna have to CG that. That's not... <laughs> there's nobody who proportionally is like that. They, they could... they could, It just probably wouldn't have looked that great. But, <laughs> like... Just used animatronics and stuff. Like, that, like, that, like that I understand, but it was just yeah. like, hey, okay, so we're coming up with what the design is gonna be, but here's a stand-in, and it's a tennis ball hanging off of a stick. It's like, yeah. dude, put in an actual actor <laughs> yes i need someone to bounce a lot yeah for sure you but need man, someone I'm, to I'm, emote off of yeah i'm well i'm thinking of like a how how they could do the cameo ones and like they could have done it but <laughs> i'm just thinking of like how much time and effort and money would have gone into just that one yeah. character that one species right when you're paying you're probably paying like you probably you contracted or you have an in-house cg uh, team. So, like, why are you going to spend all this time and effort and money on like making a practical thing when you've already bought the team or you already yeah. contracted their services? This is just one more thing, right? So, um, yeah. And I, I, I <laughs> like, even though Godzilla was like fully CG in this movie, I believe like they, to my knowledge, they still had like somebody doing the like the Andy Circus animatronic, not animatronic, but that that kind of thing. I just can't remember the technical term. So okay. it was motion cap. Okay. There we go. I think it was yeah. to like there was some motion cap to a degree. So it was mm-hmm. still like okay that so few people actually interacted with with Godzilla, but it was still like, okay, we can do some of the practical stuff where it's like, there's this chaos or, Hey, we're going to actually have you go down into a subway tunnel. We're going to have explosive noises. We're going to give you stuff to react off of. It's not just like the joke of all the party scenes that you get in movies or shows where it's like, there's no music. It's just, they had that, they had that in post. It's just people talking and dancing to silence. Do you know how uncomfortable yeah. that is? And why those scenes always come off as awkward? That's a big component. That's a good point. Like, I, that, I found this movie, like, really, really did it well. Uh, to, to your earlier comment, like, with the stuff where it's like, it looked really weird or it might look bad. I'm like, you know what? I, I definitely agree with you, but I almost felt like that was, that was to a degree on purpose because this like Shin Godzilla, one of the, the memes I've loved from it online is it's almost like it is just pain and almost rage incarnate. It is an abomination. And it almost Mm. like you look at that thing and the first original time, the first time I saw its design, like not even the little one that it grow like as it grows, but that first design, I was like, what? 
that that looks very different. But then it's also very it, it's got enough similar to Godzilla where you're like, this is just a very interesting adaptation of it. But also its whole thing was like, this is a thing that should not exist. It mm-hmm. can do things that it shouldn't be able to do. And as it's evolving, like in front of us, it's doing all these unnatural things that look weird as heck. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm a little more forgiving of that. Like if it was like, it's easy to poke at and pick on like the 98 movie, but the 98 movie had like the 98 movie had its own its own reasoning stuff within like within why like Zilla acted the way Zilla did. If it was starting to do some of that weird like some of that weird stuff that like this Godzilla was doing, mm. you'd be like, "What's going on? This looks terrible." I I'd, I'd take much more issue with it, right? So am I making sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Okay, so like what I I mean my first thought was like, well, at least the 98 Godzilla looked real. And then I thought, well, I mean, it was super dark. You know, the whole movie was so dark. And like, um, this also wasn't trying to be something real. No, no, and, no. But like, I mean, I'm not saying like it looked like something that exists. I'm yeah. saying it looked like it was literally there. Right. Like when, right. like it didn't look like a computer imposed fair. image okay, in the movie. And so when I like, I mean, Look, man, I'm not saying they had the budget to do it no, real no. and they didn't, you know, <laughs> but I'm saying like, yeah, okay. If we're going like, if, if you would allow me to compare it to thing, to CGI that does look good, sure. it does not, okay, <laughs> it's, it's not convincing compared to CGI that is convincing. Right. So, um, but it didn't, it, it was somewhat distracting to me. Uh, I'm not saying that it is going to be distracting to everybody. Uh, I think the, in terms of like CGI, there's a lot of like. A lot of stuff to take into account, like like context, like budget, uh, new, like you know, just there's a lot of stuff there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it didn't. Like I said, it looked good in a way, but bad in a way because there's no, a lot of CGI from like studios that have a lot more money that I'm like, it still doesn't look real. Like I said, like a lot of the Marvel movies don't yeah. look real to me. Like that doesn't look realistic, dude. And it's not that it's not the fact that that could literally never happen in life. It's the fact that it literally looks like computer designed this and put it in like a real world, right? Yeah. Um, so that like there's stuff like that. So, but I mean, um, it looked real in like a weird way. It's like they sacrificed whatever real, like however. Okay, so it's almost like there's two halves of a realism whole, right? And the the Avengers and those big studios, they have one half, but they don't have the <laughs> other half. And that other half, the Godzilla movie had, but they didn't have the half that the Avengers have or something, right? So it seems like there's always this bit of an uncanny, like there's room for the uncanny valley um, uh, experience, right? When watching all them, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. CGI seemed a lot closer to being real when it first came out in a lot of ways but i think what i'm real like what i'm realizing is that it, a lot of it was just supplementing practical effects yeah right well, I, it's where i'll always point to the first jurassic park where it's like hey we we built animatronics but where we couldn't use it we we then use this like we can't build yeah. the robotic t-rex that is actually going to be chasing a jeep down a street but we've got a head and we can CG in the body moving, like. Well, yeah, Spielberg, like at the time, he could have CG'd every dinosaur entirely, right? Yeah, he could have, but why didn't he? Like, obviously, like I mean, well, okay, I, I don't know if he if he were to come back and make another Jurassic Park, I don't know what his stance would be on practical effects. I'm pretty certain though that he would be in favor of them. Yeah, well, as much as people rip on rightfully, like the fourth Indiana Jones movie because it's mm. it's it bad, like. 
at point they used practical effects where they could. And it was like, there was a funness to that. Mm-hmm. Like it did look bad at points, but a lot of the points where it looked bad, I'm like, yeah, it would have looked bad if it was practical. Cause this is this part, this section is just bad. <laughs> like it was going to oh, be bad okay. no matter saying, what. It would look bad if it were CGI, but it Oh, it bad. did look bad when it was CGI. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not convinced it would look good if it was practical either. It's just this section bad, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and back to Shin Godzilla and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up because I think we're circling, uh, but that's what we go into the weeds on so many different things and I enjoy well, yeah. it. Well, when you like, when, when, okay, like to me, like when I think of like Ghostbusters, mm. like that kind of looked more real than a lot of stuff we see today. <laughs> like the way no, they did the, uh, the, the, it's not even CGI, it's like they're superimposing things onto the yes, film, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's way better than, than CGI, dude. As practical as you can make it, get like, as, oh, yeah. Do, like, you know, even oh, yeah. if it's only 2%, get that 2% in there, man. No, absolutely. Well, and with Shin Godzilla in, in specifically, I think it looked like the monster itself looked the best mm-hmm. from like its fourth form onward. Because mm-hmm, then it yeah. wasn't like something that was, even though it still had points where it was like changing before, like changing before your eyes, it's discovering its abilities. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, what's weird. Like it's weird. Googly fish. I think that I know, I know for a fact people probably had an, an issue. With. They did. They I, did. Uh, to me, that was like, it almost like it, it was again, dude. It, and all the things that made it look almost like ridiculous and fake also gave it like this weird realism. Cause I'm like, it, it's got fish eye, dude. That's the way it's supposed to kind of look lo- right now. Right. Like, First time I saw, first time I watched the movie and I saw that part, I was like, why? What? I don't like that. And then I'm like, no, there, there's, there's a reason. That's creepy. Oh, wait, yeah, but it's more like towards its fish state right now, right? Like it's like a a real fish creature. And then like, as it, as it, as it's evolving in it, like it's, it, it's going like figuring out how to stand up on the hind legs. Mm. It's got this weird chest bone sticking out and all that. I'm like, this looks weird but i'm also that's the point <laughs> like, yeah, it's almost making me uncomfortable like I, which is good it's cool it's like you want that you want like it's like oh this is kind of weird gross like what's gonna i i felt like that's another thing where i'm like oh the the, the weapons like it's weapons and and when it would attack and stuff it was like um i don't know i just i kind of wanted m- more insight into the monster you know? Which which is also like I would love a follow up to this movie, but I I don't think mm. it's ever going to happen. No. And it's one of those where I'm like I want it, but I also don't because I'm like I love what you gave, and there's the risk of if you continue it, you you might potentially diminish it. But then also I'm like, but I want to know more, and I want to know like all that. Whereas the whole thing was it's like here's a here's an abomination creature that should not exist that is evolving right before our very eyes. It's, it's learning what it can do as it does it. And it's not even sure if it likes it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Which was just such a fascinating take on Godzilla. Mm -hmm. A thing that has been happening for well over 50, like almost 70 years at this point, like that in and of itself, where it's like, it's something that, like for at that point it came out it was like 62 years old so yeah yeah because the first one was 1954 and shin godzilla came out in 2016 something that that you could with a franchise that has had like almost 40 movies total including the american ones 
And then if you add it closer to like 45 or 46, a franchise that's that old and you can still come up with a fresh take, that's incredibly impressive. Yeah. 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 I'm just trying to think of like what kind of, like what kind of, how the movie would be framed if we were going to get more insight into what the creature is possibly thinking or whether or not it thinks like, like I think like if you're going to have a homunculus like creature that's sort of brainless and just like, you'll never get any insight to what it may be thinking or feeling other than like, maybe it's screaming when it gets hit by missiles or something like that's the extent to which you understand what's going on inside. The creature's mind, <laughs> it or just looks like right? it's screaming the entire time. It really does. Right. Like, oh, okay. Let's say just so it reacts torn, to a, a torn muscle, like teeth outside of the, the gums you're like i just this... assumed it was supposed to look like <laughs> yeah, no 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 exactly its whole thing was like it is a literal abomination this thing should not exist <laughs> yeah they seemed very like they seemed reverent towards it or, or something you know like they were like it's the perfect organism and i'm like i don't know dude i'm pretty sure like it doesn't know what it's doing but uh, <laughs> you know i i Upon further rewatches, I understood why the, the, why they were taking that because they're like it's evolving before our very eyes, and it's like it's learning, and we're seeing like conventional stuff doesn't affect it. Like yeah, but all it's it going evolves, to do is destroy. <laughs> but it's they're looking at like as an organism, it is yeah. evolving instantaneously. It yeah. doesn't need any trial period or like to die no. once to figure out. <laughs> yeah, but like, is that a good thing? Morally, no, but no, if they're lo- if they're looking at it as like a life, just objectively like no morals as a life form, that's scientifically crazy impressive. I mean, yes, yeah. In that by that one metric within that one very narrow <laughs> scope, yes, it is impressive that this thing can evolve spontaneously within a very short amount of time. I think literally, like by any other metric, which <laughs> there are like essentially an infinite amount. Um, no, it's like what what is it? What is even? It's definitely not better than human beings because, like you know, we create and build and think and and question our actions and not destroy things willy nilly. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I guess we do, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but no, no, like, I just actual things like, that matter. Fictional franchises, you know, we just destroy everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we destroy a lot. I, uh, but yeah, I'm just like, it's, no, it's I not, get what you mean. I get what yeah. you mean. It's like I also I also kind of enjoyed that reverence to a degree because it's also like, how do we how do we combat something that does this <laughs> like you can't reason with it but it's also it's not doing this out of malice it's not it's not like a terrorist or something that's trying to do this strike fear it's this creature that is instinctually reacting and moving forward and that is destroying us like how how do we how do we do this and it's a representation of like nature like natural disasters because a hurricane has no malice, but it results in so much destruction. And yeah, that's I, that's a fascinating take. It's it's clearly like very, very cultural, right? Because not only have they had to face like like, you know, the nuclear bombs, right? But they also are constantly like facing earthquakes and floods and tornadoes and stuff like that. Like it's a pretty um uh, in terms of like what meteorologic, meteorologically uh, chaotic area, I guess, right? Uh, and and um, yeah, so so I think like they there's this weird like not weird, but like it obviously makes sense given the context. But there's like this instilled appreciation for um, things that are not within their control that could like like can 
essentially like their their way of life. They're like cities are constantly being destroyed. <laughs> I mean, there's always like a disaster going on. I think it's like it's very like within their consciousness and like where sort of at the forefront of their subconsciousness of like, oh, okay, like there are so many things that have that we're constantly being assailed by things beyond our control. And I think there they sort of instills this natural like reverence of or respect um, for things that will destroy you without any consideration, right? Yeah. Well, I, I also know at like various points in the franchise's history, it's been like uh, one of the takes like GMK, which was one of the Millennium films. Um, they took a very different approach where Godzilla was almost like a spiritual thing, like a, a basically a pissed off ghost <laughs> of like people who were harmed by the actions of Japan from World War Two. So it was like taking out that aggression mm. on Japan. And so like Godzilla is just such a fascinating franchise where you can do that, where it's like looking at mankind meddling with things that it doesn't understand, resulting in it getting its like head or its butt whooped by its own hubris. Or it's like we're looking at our mistakes and what we might like we can eternalize as something we deserve and that's so fascinating that is fascinating that's it's very that's a very interesting like it's it, the concept or the allegory of a monster coming and destroying a city i did not realize was so um flexible right yeah <laughs> you can map it on as somebody i'm like it's it's literally the exact same story every time monster comes destroy a city yep. people freak out but you can like frame it in so many different ways right it's it's, that's really interesting because like yeah yeah I can see like you know you grow up in Japanese culture you you know Godzilla is such like I assume like in a lot of ways like sort of a mainstay or, or a pillar oh, yeah. or a staple like a, a pop culture I guess um, in the subconscious because not only does it relate to like you know it's it itself is now a part of history never mind the fact that it itself references is always a reference back to some part of history or, or yeah historical event um, or it's part of their culture, right? Like it's sort of started to get baked into the culture, but now it can become, it can be used for other commentary. It's fascinating. Uh, and I could see why, like how that could um, proliferate into like uh, people using it, like pe- people who, who wouldn't necessarily uh, toe the line of, of its traditional message, who maybe have like a, a, ver- a message that may not be like totally mainstream and be able to like adapt it to that message. That that's really interesting, um, and well, and because like for me like I, it always felt like Godzilla was like a one note one trick pony. It's like literally the whole time it's an allegory from imperial <laughs> aggression, um, and I guess in the sense where like if they're turning it, they're turning like the the telescope or whatever back on themselves. That's still an allegory for imperial aggression because as you know, Japan was imperialist themselves, right? So yeah. Um, well, even but, even like the original nineteen sixty three. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. like the Japanese original, like, yes, it still has so many of the silly aspects and it is, you can argue at points like it is a, a silly monster romp, but there was still a story and a statement that movie was making because it was all about like a desperation for ratings relevance, like something mm. that is relevant to where we are at in society now, where mm. it was this company was like, OK, we're going to go get Kong. So everybody will be like this, mo- like this huge business wanting to basically have a mascot that they could slap a profit on. And then when Godzilla showed back up and was tearing, like causing mayhem, it's like, well, bring in Kong and it'll be like 
not Panasonic, but it's like Panasonic's Kong defeated Godzilla. And that where I'm like, that is such a fascinating message where it's mm-hmm. exploring like marketing and all that. But then the cut we got eliminated so much of that. Like just like the original, like the American adaptation of King of the Monsters removed all the allegory where it's just like all the 50s monsters were like nuclear radiation but it wasn't looking at like deliberate stuff of calling back to what your society went through nine years ago like (laughs) exploring all that fallout through this vehicle Hmm. was kong an allegory um like the original no no, you you could maybe argue like ex- exploitation, um, you know, something something slavery, but the connotations there of him, yeah, yeah, doesn't seem right. Go on. No, no, I I think if if like I think there is an allegory now. It like yeah, if we if we apply it specifically to African slaves, then that's mm-hmm. where it gets very very pl- problematic. But if you mm-hmm. apply it to the wider just slavery in general, it's like. Yeah, it's it's a representation of that, but it could have also been a representation of like man overreaching, man taking yeah. something that's just out of its environment, being like, "Hey, let's shoehorn it in ours for a buck for the, a profit." The hubris of man, exactly, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. the yeah, we will we got to wrap up soon, but like the, I recently watched the uh, the 1971 King uh, or not 71, I think it's 76, whatever the. Um, a remake that often gets forgotten. Um, and I watched it for the first time and I like really, really enjoyed it um, because it was really going to that degree about like corporate, like corporate business overreach and sponsorship. Like it got ugly where this guy, like this guy was representing an oil company. So it wasn't about going to an Island to film a movie and then, Hey, to salvage everything, we've just found this giant, ape will bring it back like it was a company deliberately going to this place because it thought they thought there was oil that they could get and then when they found like the oil is it will become oil that you can use in like 10,000 years they then saw this they then saw Kong and it was all about like how can we get him back and we'll label him like our thing and even when they brought out Kong, it wasn't like Kong on Broadway just standing like this. They brought him out in this giant gas tank, like a, a giant pump machine. And then it drops down and it's like, he represents all of this and packs on oil and all that. I'm like, dang, this is a really interesting statement on that. Like, and the disgustingness you get because it's they were doing this terrible, like corporate sanitized version of what the Islanders did as worship to Kong. And they do that as they're bringing Kong out and they're like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is a very interesting take. And there's Mm. so many fascinating things you can go with in there. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I I like that movie a lot more than I thought I would. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, what is Kong? Kong's like an American property, right? Or is it a British yes. property? Oh, no, no, no. It was it was an American creation. Um, and Kong was originally more, much more popular in Japan than Godzilla was. It's why in the original King Kong versus Godzilla, King Kong had top billing and won the fir- like won the movie. Kong was huge in Japan. 
That's crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, when you think about it, like, you know, Gorilla should, in theory, absolutely win every single time, but I don't know, that's just me. Uh, uh, <laughs> if it went, well, okay, okay. If, we're, if we're talking, uh, no, if we're talking like a giant gorilla against a thing that can't be killed. Doesn't have arms, Chris. Doesn't and, have arms. Has, and has atomic breath. Doesn't, <laughs> have Doesn't have arms. That's, uh, you need arms. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the recent Godzilla versus Kong shows that you don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, Kong can't fight with a with a crap. I mean, if it were me fighting and I was the giant monkey, I totally would have oh, okay. wasted that stupid lizard like within like thirty <laughs> seconds, dude. I would have disturbed curb curb stomped him into a irrelevance. Uh, Kong no, in that I, Kong in that movie can fight really, really well. It's a great yeah. movie. I I, I probably would have um, grabbed <laughs> grabbed its eyes and then punched it in the throat as like hard as I could until like it just didn't breathe anymore. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like we're just getting into the territory of like, I am a uh, Jimi Hendrix and this is by me, Jimi Hendrix. And I am Supreme because I am Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> I feel like that's the territory we've gotten into. I'm being completely serious right now. Uh, <laughs> I, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> you need to take me seriously when I talk about how I as Kong would defeat Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, um, just think, like, when you think about how strong gorillas are, dude, like, I just, I don't, anyway, I, I'm, I could just, I, it would just, it, he could rip its jaw, like, it's, uh, and I know he tries that in, like, literally every, every movie that they've been in together, where he tries to probably, like, open its mouth and rip its jaw and shit, and stuff, uh, <laughs> but, when you, I mean, obviously, like, when you think about it, it would definitely work, it would absolutely, absolutely work when you think of the physics of it, I, I can't, like, it's a giant gorilla, Chris, you know how strong gorillas are? Yeah, no, and most other movies where it's calling against other animals, it works. But when you, I like could grab you and just rip you in half like a toilet paper. You know, I like understand. Split you like a log. Like I understand that, but we're we're not applying. Also, Kong and it's not a real animal, but if we're applying real animals, sure. But we're also applying against a giant animal that has basically the base and the strength of a bear. When you put bears up against gorillas, that's an interesting fight. I would love to see that fight. But you're also adding in a giant tail that keeps the close fighter out of range. (laughs) Just launch your monkey self at it as fast and as hard as you can. And then once like it can't I mean just the weight alone even if it tried to hit it with its tail you would just just, like, just the weight but, and the force <laughs> but Godzilla is also like heavier and larger like yes it's, there's it's momentum heavy if if you curl up if you you take a running start you curl up in a ball you send yourself through the air you hit it near the top you know you're gonna knock it over. I guarantee you. I but guarantee as it you're sees you it coming, it's also gonna shoot the thing that will burn you because it's, of your that's, fur. That's fine. That's fine. The the you're, you know, I doubt that laser has enough outward force to push you back. Like it's called physics, Chris. Like if for it for it to stop the monkey from flying through the air, it would need just it would need to be throwing itself backwards with the amount of force it's pushing that laser out. You understand we are what talking, I'm saying? We are talking about a franchise. With yeah. giant monsters yeah, that yeah, physically would not be able to exist. Physics That's, has no place in this what argument. What does that even mean? Okay, Chris, okay, so like, if, then why even argue about it at all, right? Well, let's just, why even watch the movies? Because they don't make sense. Because they're supposed to be fun. And this is how I have fun, by arguing the physics of whether or not this is... I'm serious. This is interesting to me. Because when you think no, about it, yeah. if he launched himself through the air, for that laser, that mouth laser BS to, to stop... 
I mean, okay. Here's here's the thing. I can I can see an argument being made that if he got hit with that laser, the mouth laser, it would literally go through him and kill him. Like I can see that. Like that's I'm willing to. I'm willing, but in the event that that isn't the case, that it isn't strong enough to do that, him launching himself at Godzilla, he would make it there regardless of anything. The amount of like for God, for that laser to push him back to stop him, Godzilla would have to be pushed back farther, like harder and faster than he's moving. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm also gonna argue because uh, mm. that. One, you should check out the uh, the the YouTube series. Um, I think it's Death Battle. Chris, have you ever seen a chimp murder another chimp? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, well, the strength of these little SOPs, you would not imagine. And they're not even anywhere near as strong as gorillas. So then you make the gorilla as, t- as tall as a skyscraper. <laughs> it's going to be... It's Just looking at, like, physically, just physically looking at, like, Godzilla and looking at uh, King Kong, I'm like, dude, there's no way Godzilla... Or at least... <laughs> Not not the way, not the makeup of not Shin Godzilla with his little little T Rex arms and stuff like he probably <laughs> <laughs> well sh- no but Shin Godzilla's beam was like a cutting beam like that that was also that was also a very interesting take because not mm. so much of the time throughout like all Godzilla movies it's uh, the atomic breath does have a concussive force mm-hmm. um, and while briefly while we're talking about that um, Godzilla in Godzilla Final Wars basically slowed down and one-shotted an asteroid with his atomic breath. So I think he would win against a giant gorilla if we're applying that. Um, but then also with Shin Godzilla, what I love, like, I loved, it's it's been nicknamed online, like, uh, the atomic death scene. And friggin', I, I, like, I love that scene so much, but also because it builds up to the atomic breath. Like, you get the smoke, and I also love that the it shields its eyes and it looks like, what the heck am I doing? But then it's like all the smoke comes out and then it builds up in the fire and it's like the smog mm. catches on fire. And then it pinpoints into the atomic breath, which is this cutting beam, which mm. I'm like, that's awesome. Like yeah, it's it, not it, just blowing up buildings. It's yeah. slicing through them. Mm-hmm. Ugh, no, I no, love that scene. That was dope. And I think that makes like, that obviously makes a lot more sense um, like from a physics standpoint, because I think like if for like for that asteroid thing to to like okay, so if it was if it was shooting at the asteroid, if it was coming directly at it, it would it, there's no it would never win, right? But because it has like the Earth underneath it and it's shooting upwards, right? Like it's it's not there's nothing. It's just gonna be pushed down into Earth, so it's not gonna be flown back. Or, like there's, you know what I mean? I, I yeah. would like I, I you know like I I see it in my head. It was uh, the one like, time where having the high ground didn't result in a win. <laughs> no, if you were an asteroid, having the high ground is meaningless. <laughs> it's irrelevant. <laughs> little PSA to all you asteroids out there. I, I, uh, not go to, you can't subscribe to Obi-Wan's school of the high ground if you're an asteroid. <laughs> no, no, you cannot. It's just a fact. It, uh, but I mean, like, I, I could see, like, I, it'd be so cool to see, like, to have Godzilla, like, firing at an asteroid. And then, um, like, just seeing the force pushing it into the earth, like hmm. the ground cracking, like all of a sudden it starts like being, and being pushed down. It's still shooting, right? But it's just it's just driving itself it, into the center of the earth with the force. It, uh, it within that scene within Final Wars, it was like the the asteroid was coming, and the asteroid contained monster. I think it was called Monster X that ended up being a version of Ghidorah. It was Cloverfield. Um, <laughs> that was Cloverfield. But it was like... Wait, didn't Cloverfield land in the ocean from an asteroid? I think in so. Space? 
I think so. It was Cloverfield. <laughs> but oh uh, so it's like, I can't even remember how Godzilla just beat like a one shot, another monster. And it somehow since this asteroid was coming because Final Wars was just like this wonderfully silly monster romp. Um, and then it's like it somehow knew this asteroid was coming because there was also aliens and the asteroid was a monster and it was summoned by aliens, everything. But he like, he did this thing right before where it's like, he looks up and then he like grinds his feet into the ground and then sets his tail down almost to give him leverage. And that's where he like shoots up at the asteroid and it almost, it almost pushes him down. But then, but like where the joke of the one shot comes in, like it gets down pretty dang near to him. And then when you see what the city was, it's just this desolate wasteland. And then Godzilla's just chilling there like, what up? <laughs> that it? <laughs> what we doing? <laughs> that's man. That's dope. And yeah, then the ninja be- monster shrinks that like s- slowly falls down behind him. And you're like, what? <laughs> oh, I got to watch that. It sounds cool. It reminds it's- me of, ridiculously silly like it, it is not a shin godzilla <laughs> is that a cartoon no but it, in a way yes <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, uh dragon ball z right where like you have them, like shooting like a kamehameha into the sky and then like the ground around them is cracking and they're sl- they're being like cratering you know i've been i've paused on it again but i've been just because i i like with anxiety and mental health and stuff. I haven't necessarily been in the mood for Dragon Ball Z or other shows, but mm. I was watching uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai and I I'm right halfway through the cell saga. I'm at the cell games. I'm like, Holy cow, this is awesome. Um, oh, that's perfect. Cause I have a meme to send you that you are going <laughs> to love. It is, I just, it is dope. I'll, I'll check it out once we're, once we're off the call. It's, um, it's they, they impose uh, Bobby Hill. <laughs> um, in a scene with Cell, and he 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 does something that's very funny. I'm not going to spoil. <laughs> I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that, like I, yeah, weirdly, I'll be like, uh, Final Wars might be like Dragon Ball Z. Just Dragon Ball Z, it, it goes within its own logic, and like it, it treats itself a lot more seriously. Whereas mm-hmm. Final Wars is like, look, it's just a, a fun popcorn flick. It's like Star Wars. It's got Star Wars influences. It's got the Matrix influences and like 70s fun Shawa era, like the sillier Godzilla movies all meshed into one where you're just like, all right, don't take this seriously. It just have fun. Yeah. Yeah. They Like they really. Um, Whereas Dragon Ball Z see. does all that seriousness. But then you're also like. It does all that fun, but then it's also like this. There's stakes here. <laughs> yeah, Final Wars. I really like a the from what I can see, like the practical effects. Like, I mean, it looks like a dude in a suit, but it actually looks more real than the CG, which is fascinating. Um, yeah, I, I actually want to see this. This looks cool. Uh, yeah, I really like how they they just went. For, they're like, screw it. We're gonna make him look like how he did like originally, right? Um, they yeah, sort of. Well, not originally, originally, but you know what I mean. Like, it's a, looks a lot more like uh, the retro version. It's. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the heads up. It's also like an hour before Godzilla actually gets into the movie. He's in in the opening credits, and then it's what? a lot of, it's a lot of setup with the aliens showing up, and yeah. Okay. And then All the right. last half is God's like the the last chunk of the movie is, for the most part, Godzilla one shotting like. <laughs> 20 different monsters but it is also embracing the fun camp of 
what it was. What's that one? Isn't there one that came out real recently where he just like it was the CG was just insane. Like it was all CG and he was fighting like all the monsters. Oh, that might have been King of the Monsters. Wait, Love let, it. Let me. I mean, it looked like yeah, it looked like um, uh, like you said, like just turn your turn your brain off. It's going to be very pretty. It's going to be very um, frantic, you know, in a lot of ways. Just chill out and enjoy the ride. And I think, yeah, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this after we get off the... Uh, off the oh, track. yeah. Dude, it's uh, like, they're, they're so much fun. I actually love King of the Monsters and uh, Godzilla, uh, or yeah, Godzilla versus Kong. Just because I'm like, it taps into something that for me that so many other movies don't. Where I'm just like, it brings that almost like authentic child joy just up in me where I'm like, not many other movies do this for me anymore. Uh, I'm like, I, I just, I can't be too cynical about them. I'm just like, it, it just makes, it's unapologetically fun. And for so many of those monsters, like King Ghidorah in particular, like I used to, maybe you as well, because like, we grew up in Toronto and Space Channel was on Channel 50. Like, Saturday they do the just American dubs of, like, Godzilla movies. So even though they were, they're clearly nowhere near as good as the Japanese originals. Like, you had that fun from when you were a kid. And the legendary movies and a lot of the other old Japanese movies, like, really tap into that. But with the American ones, they tap into it with a fantastic budget where I'm like, I've wanted to see... King Ghidorah with a giant American budget since I was like 10 and this movie gave it to me and it was awesome. Like I'm not going to complain about some of the human stuff. Like it, it could have been better. Sure. But what I'm here for is friggin' the three headed dragon from space. And you made it a three headed dragon from space with awesome fights. Like it was just this unapologetic childlike joy. I, I friggin' love that movie. That and Godzilla versus Kong, where I'm just like, it brings that like enthusiastic fun up for me where I'm like, I'm, I cannot hate this movie. I, I can, I'm just going to enjoy this. <laughs> that, that's what I've wanted for the last Ghostbusters, but I did not receive it. I, I'm, I'm hoping this you, next I'm, one doesn't I'm look like it's going to get it. I'm hoping I, you get I don't it. think it's going to scratch that itch, bro. I don't, I don't want to watch a bunch of kids. I don't care about kids. <laughs> kids. It's, not interested in their struggles. I'm not interested in their perspective. <laughs> I want four dudes fighting ghosts. Okay, that's it's all I want. Re- it's really interesting. Like this one's really, really interesting for me. No, just it could. Be- yeah, no. It, okay, Chris. Okay. Oh, uh, no. How do you want? You want to talk about it? Is it going to be a good film? Quite possibly. Is it going to be the film I want? No, not at all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was, I was just going to more se- more so say, I'm like, every trailer I get from it, I'm like... Don't start with me, Chris. Pardon? <laughs> Don't start with me, okay? I'm just We've like... we having are, a very nice conversation, okay? Let's are, not... Are, are we getting a gritty reboot? <laughs> like, Whoa. that's what it feels like. Are we getting a gritty Ghostbusters reboot? <laughs> is, is that what anybody is looking for? 
Well, people are like, wasn't Ghostbusters a comedy? I'm like, kind of, barely. I guess it was under the auspices of it being a comedy, but that it was never really funny to me. I never found it funny. I just found like the concept of four guys using science to actually, like, all of a sudden ghosts are now real and you can actually use real science and hunt them. And you have like tools that you use and it's dangerous, but, and you're, you're like, it's all, it's just so cool. Like that, yeah. I just like that as a, as a concept is really, really neat how they, they, they uh, marry science with uh, the, the paranormal. I really, really love that. That was what was cool. I didn't care if it was funny or not or goofy or wacky I didn't none of that mattered to me I, they could have done a completely serious version uh, completely like right like like almost like flatliners or something right like and I would have hmm. been f- fine with it I, I think that's dope like I what m- my favorite cartoon version of uh, Ghostbusters was the one where, um, where they, they made when we were teenagers right where they had okay. a, the kid in the wheelchair uh, the black guy the goth girl uh, the Mexican dude right um, like th- that was my favorite because it was it was the most serious in tone like it, it, it they ventured in territory where it's like Holy crap, man. Maybe this shouldn't be on in the afternoon. Maybe kids shouldn't necessarily be watching this, right? Yeah. Um, I re- that, that, to me, best version ever. So I, I'm sort of like, like, okay, yeah, you got to sell toys. You got to get a new generation. I don't care about that. Make something that I want to see. <laughs> 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 but, like, in terms of, like, I mean, I never really got into Godzilla when I was a kid. I, I um... I mean, the, the closest I got was uh, I had the Godzilla game for Nintendo, like literally okay. the f- original Nintendo, and I would play it <laughs> on there, and it was difficult and kind of didn't make sense. But I mean, I liked it. I thought it was cool to play as Godzilla to have like the the breath and stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I never Man, got in the movies. I'm... They just didn't look interesting. They, I'm like, I like the monster. I think that's interesting. But from what I could like, from everything I got from it, I was like, it doesn't look like they focus on it in the way that I would want them to. That yeah, would make it interesting to me, right? So no, and I, I definitely get that. And also mm. now that you've mentioned like a video game, I would, uh, I want so badly for an amazing Godzilla game. If you could somehow do, it's a weird comparison. It really is. But if you could somehow do like Arkham but with Godzilla, I would buy 12 copies of that game like 12 full price copies of that game <laughs> like so many things with the like so many godzilla games that you, you can one they're hard to get yeah. <laughs> now uh there's the one which is fun but it is just like a, a giant like each level is godzilla destroying something so like the defense force shows up and then they're trying to stop him and then you got to beat them and then the monster shows up and you got to beat that like it's a, ge- a g- very generic premise that has existed in basically every Godzilla game. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you could do something that's not that, like I know you can't get as character driven as friggin' Arkham, but if you could treat it beyond just like, all right, let's just monster mash this thing. I would love if, that. And I think it's got so much promise <laughs> in my head. I'm just imagining Arkham, like Arkham city or Arkham Knight. But with Godzilla in a Batman costume. <laughs> <laughs> if you gave that as an alternate skin, I'd be down. <laughs> have, have you? There's a game released for the PS4 in 2014. Yeah, no, you you can't like. It's not available on the PSN to North America anymore. Uh, I think it's got to do with distribution rights. And then the only copies I can find are on eBay, and they're in, they're in the two to five hundred dollar range. And that's just frankly not happening. Why is it? Why? why? That's crazy. (laughs) Like, I I play the crap out of the game. I know what that game is, and I would still love it. But I think this is a... It's a game. Like, Godzilla is a franchise where you can have both. And I'm like, okay, give me the other one. For a while with Godzilla, I was... You know how you were just like, give me what I want? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Like, I was like that with Godzilla, but I was like, I only want the serious. Only give me the Japanese original. And then I'm just like, there's so much fun to be had with this because it was this thing. It's not just this. As much as I love that one more so, mm-hmm. I... I'm trying to loosen up on that. Just like even with Batman, like Batman's to me, the same example, like is Batman 99% of the time more serious? Yes, absolutely. But I'm not going to be like, no, it can never be the campy stuff. It can never be the sixties thing because there is an audience for that. There was like, that was Batman for that decade. Not even just because of the show. That was the Mm -hmm. tone of the comics at the time. And it's, when DC started doing their Batman 66 comic line, freaking loved it where it's like, okay, cause you've still got regular Batman. It's not, this is the only one. So with Godzilla, that's been the great thing over the past bunch of years, especially with legendary being able to make some and Toho being able to make some, it's like, Hey, you can have your different flavors and you can get, enjoy both at the same time it's not like hey here's the one you don't want like you chris don't want but other people do <laughs> yeah 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 i i mean you know i i intellectually i understand that no i also I really get where you're coming from <laughs> i can't justify that my version should be the only version but uh like deep in my heart i know that to be the truth so <laughs> 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 you mean believe? No, no, I know it. <laughs> I feel uh, like I'm we're, just in. We're we're getting to an area that the you, I, and Tom got on it, it got to at, with our uh, our Ninja Turtles episode. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm just I'm of the mind where it's like, okay, obviously in polite society, I can't say this, but I'm <laughs> yeah. going, like, I mean, if you were to really press me, I would say yes, absolutely, I am right. People should listen to me and not make any other version <laughs> because the other versions are dog or crap, dog crap. So. Um. All right, I feel like we we're, we got to wind it's down because oh my gosh, time to stop. I don't. I can't believe we talked for yet another two hours, twenty minutes. We've been we, five hours. It's we've five been talking time. for five five and a half hours. Yes, five and a half hours. Yeah, bonkers. Um, all right, so as we as we wind this down, listener, I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and I actually have heard for some people saying they enjoy with into the weeds how we how we just go. So that that's been encouraging. Um, I encourage you check out Shin Godzilla. I'm not going to think less of you if you don't like it as much as I do. Like I know, I know you don't, but and I also get your, I get why. But it's also it's fun to talk about, and for me, it's fun to hear like hear someone else's opinion from someone who's not as into it as I am or as into the franchise as I am because it, these are fun, healthy conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Needs to happen I, in our fandoms more. <laughs> yeah, dude, I totally agree. And I think it's really helpful with, to come out and like be able to recognize and admit um, that like when you're a fan, when yeah. you, if you can say, Hey, yeah, I'm a fan, then you can, you're sort of getting out in front of like, yeah, I'm biased, right? Like there oh, are yeah. things that I, yeah, yeah. I can't necessarily separate myself entirely from, from this um, property, right? Like, I, yeah. there's something I always try to make that like distinction when I'm when I'm sharing strong opinions about things that are generally subjective. Where I'm like, listen, listen, I'm a fan. Like, I don't have, I'm not necessarily capable of speaking completely objectively about this, right? Well, and it, and even still, like when we'll have conversations about stuff we're the same fans of, but for di- like from different aspects, like to we're, different we're, degrees as well, to different, yeah. degre- to different degrees, or like I'm a fan. Like, I'm a fan of this tone of it more than, like, you're a fan of something's tone more of it than, say, I am. Then it's like, hey, we'll still disagree, but we're not going to go at each other 
about it. Like we'll hash it out and we'll be like, I think I'm right. You think you're right. But we'll we'll at least hear each other. We won't be like, no, you're not a real fan. Screw you. <laughs> you're the worst. Oh, you're yeah. destroying this property. I uh, fandoms ruin things that I love. <laughs> yeah, people who do that, that's sort of crazy. <laughs> Um, so, I right. mean, I get the incl- I want to do that. Believe me, I really want to oh, do that. I do- want to say, hey, like not you and this is, but like to people who no, don't agree with me, I want to tell them they're not real fans. I just know in my heart that, that that's not true, dude. You can't, well, like, a, you know, intellectually, that's well, not true. Well, it's it's like, also, I saw so much of that, like when I was for that year where I, okay, no, not even a year. Like I got more and more into metal, like metal music, but the metal fans were driving me crazy because it's like, no, if you're a fan of that, then you're not a real fan of this. It's like, oh gosh, shut up. Just because you don't like that, that piece doesn't mean like, and I do makes me less of a fan. It just means I appreciate something you don't. And that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Like have a little humility and like maybe be open to the possibility that you might not actually comprehend everything that's going on at the moment or you might not see things from every perspective that I could possibly be seen or appreciated from right well or even uh, like for me even in like simple terms like my my younger cousin Sam like he's been on the podcast um, hasn't been in a while shout out to Sam you're awesome you're married now and I know you're crazy busy love you buddy Um, (laughs) miss you but at points we would talk about movies and even earlier, like we, we would talk about say the prequels. And even as he grew up, he still didn't like hate Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and I well, like, but he, he's just like, look, that was, that was just there. Like, I, I understand why people don't like him. Like, and then he's not my favorite by any means, but I don't vehemently hate this character. And I'm just well, like, you know no. what? That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, neither. Like, I think people who do, like, that's sort of, they, they've, like, it, it, they have, like, some part of their identity at stake when they yeah. feel the need to do that. And that's just transparent and sad and pathetic. Uh, <laughs> like, so- if you like this thing, you're not a real fan. If you... If you like Ray, then you're the worst. It's like, okay, no, they just like a character that you don't. And I'm not going to say they're a well-written character. We're not going... Sorry, I I'm can not get trying. into that because... <laughs> but if some, But if, if, for me, if someone just enjoys it, I'm not going to yeah. be like, you're wrong for enjoying it. I'll be like, I don't get why you enjoy it. I don't like this character for X, Y, and Z. But if you do, you know what? Power to you. If you can like something that I like actively annoys me, if you can enjoy that, cool. I would much rather not be annoyed at something. <laughs> I would much rather enjoy something. So if you can, power to you. Power I to feel, you. I feel like people who like Ray's the character don't deserve to watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh! <laughs> All right. Like, really? This is—they put so much effort into making this. Well, I guess technically, uh, because it is a movie. But and you're just gonna sit here and, and like it uncritically? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, make it work a little bit to get your approval. But right? it, well, I, <laughs> I don't know. Dude. I don't know. I don't know. If you, I, I guess like fine, whatever. Right? If, if you're if you're if you can just shallowly enjoy. <laughs> 
content like that, then good for you, I guess. I'm jealous almost because you don't <laughs> you don't have to go. You you get to like things. That's that's why I'm jealous because you're not like me. You don't get you, you you're blind to all the clear and obvious faults that are just so heinous that you can just go in blindly and just like a homunculus enjoy whatever's projected onto your eyes and or, just <laughs> or, or 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 they they can recognize them but just still be like eh. If, if, like, if you can do that, uh, at one point I'm like, hey, I like caring about a lot of these things, but also I like not being upset. Like, that's... That, I also like... No, well, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, I like not being upset for a, a, a stupid reason. You know? it's, it's more so if you're like, okay, now, I'm still not going to say someone's like not a real fan, but where I'll get more like, what? Is where you'll be like, no, all this terrible stuff is fine for X, Y, and Z. I'll be like, no. You, you can enjoy it, but don't tell me it's not this. Like don't now we have to. Okay. Now we have to have the discussion <laughs> because I I can show you that it's not. I'm not saying you don't have to enjoy it, but you can recognize that it's bad. You can yeah, still yeah, enjoy something being bad. That's fine. I'm not saying we can you disagree have to hate it. On how dope the color blue is, just don't sit here and tell me I'm not looking at the color blue, okay? Because <laughs> I'm definitely looking at the color blue right now. You're gaslighting me, these people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. I, there's so many times where like I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt so much that I feel like I'm being gaslit, and they really, it's just in reality, they're just ignorant, and I should have never given them the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm giving them too much credit. <laughs> or, or for me at times where I'll check myself is I'll be like, all right, I'm ready to argue. I'm ready to do this. And someone just be like, look, I don't watch things at the level you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just wanting to sit down and, and enjoy this. Like, that's it. I'm not looking at it with like 10 years of fandom in it or something like that. It's legit. Like at points where I talk to some people about like, say the, the older Fox X-Men movies. If someone was like, I really enjoyed X-Men three. I'm like, I hate that movie so much because it's such a terrible version of so many characters and good stories. And then they're like, I just wanted a light action movie. Like, I don't know all that. I'm like, you know what? Cool. That's cool. If you, you don't have all that baggage, you don't have all this. You're not all that. Like you're, you're just looking for that. That's, I'm not going to say you're less of a fan. It, it you're you're coming at it from a different viewpoint, a different fandom viewpoint. And if you're enjoying it, awesome. I'm yeah. not, I'm going to always say it's a bad movie, but I'm not going to be like you're the worst for enjoying this cuz that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, like not to your face or anything, but definitely behind your back to other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's one thing my dad really liked the original X-Men movies, and I think it's cuz he grew up with the comics, right? Well, and but, and, and he's, he's a big fan of Patrick Stewart. And it's so interesting, just like, especially with where we're at now with, uh, I'll go with any geek property, Um, Mm -hmm. like even compared to the 90s with X-Men, but I'll I'll even toss out with uh, the 98 Godzilla, like comic book movies and that they used to just be like, look, we can, we can put the names of these characters on and they're not going to be like accurate representations of these characters or those stories. And it's almost like, not in the condescending way that people will read into it. It's like, we're going to throw them a bone to make money. It's like, no, we're just going to do this. But we we don't think the huge, like, we don't think the comic audience is that big and that they're going to give us the all the money we want. So we're just going to make this as whatever is possible. And now we live in an age where it's like, oh, look, we can do things that will please that very vocal audience that who might influence 
the non-audience in, but still do stuff that appeals to the non-audience. Like we're at yeah. a point now where we're getting a lot more of, to a degree, like uh, you're not getting like panel to page or like Godzilla 2014 was not a direct, re- like in any way, shape or form, the direct remake or reboot of whatever of the Japanese Godzilla movies. But it was like, that's an honest adaptation. They changed the origin a bit, but that looks like Godzilla and they're doing their own context in their own story. And as a Godzilla fan, I'm like, that's awesome. My uh, a character that I love is being done differently, but still done justice. And it's getting the brand out there. That's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, I would say like uh, the hardcore fans of like any property um, are the ones who sort of drive it, right? They're the ones who drive like the hype. They're, they're the ones who sort of command uh, the communities. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the narrative, I think, is driven by uh, those people. And if you don't satisfy them, first and foremost, they can be your worst enemies, right? Um, so, yeah. And I think a lot of these, you know, a lot of the biggest fans generally are on the same page. Um they like things for the same reason. There's like a general consensus as to what's good and what's bad and what should be and what shouldn't be. Um, so I think, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think no matter what, if you're going to like try and make a movie uh, uh, or a cartoon or whatever of like a pre-established uh, intellectual property that has a very large fan base, an active fan base, then you should really kowtow to the leaders of said community. I think you should because they're going to be your biggest friends moving forward they're gonna do the there's nothing there's i don't think there's a replacement um for people like that for the biggest fans there's no replacement i can i i can definitely agree with that with like that's why i was thrilled in king of the monsters they didn't have to include that Ghidorah was from space that it like that was a great little thing they threw in because Mm -hmm. i'm like that's one of the the funly sillier aspects from Godzilla that I never expected to be carried over <laughs> into, into I mean, the interesting new, to me. The new franchise. Well, yeah, yeah, but then other people will just be like, oh, okay, we're already doing with mon- like giant monsters. Like this is this is silly. And well, to a at degree, that point, it's like, why not? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. To me, yeah, I'm like, like it's well, already silly. Monsters, why not have one? It's already silly. Why not? But Where else was, did they come from? <laughs> <laughs> but it was still that was something they didn't have to do and then they did i was like that's awesome i appreciate this even more now yeah fan fan service it's like why not like there would be no point in changing it like you might as well just make it from space to make people who are fans of the original who got in on the ground floor yeah dig it right i can like uh, to a degree i can also understand why they wouldn't have gone with it where it's like uh, hey we're already doing a giant three-headed dragon that might be a hurdle for somebody to to get on board with because people already look at like, oh, it's just a giant silly monster movie. So no, you got yeah, people. No, well, yeah, but when you look at Godzilla, it looks like a lizard. Okay, we got lizards. That, that makes sense. When you look at uh, Hydra or whatever, it's like, okay, uh, we don't have any three-headed dragons on Earth. Yeah. So I'm just sort of confused as to where like where I it know. might have come from. No, I- <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but yeah, right. okay. So I, I think we've probably gone long enough. Eh? Yeah, no, we're going to, listener, we're going to wrap up now. Uh, we are both very tired. Christian, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed today's episode. And listener, I hope you do, did as well. Uh, we are going to do more Into the Weeds episodes. Um, one I really want to do may not be an Into the Weeds episode. It might be another sub-series on the podcast. But I still want to have you on it because uh, I think you're my first and foremost Ghostbusters guy. Um, mm-hmm. If there is enough material, because um, I'm honestly not sure... I'd love to, I'm loving doing the Unmade series, but I also especially love it when someone else is really into it. Um, 
I kind of want to check out an unmade Ghostbusters episode, and I'd love to do that with you. Yeah, that'd be dope. Uh, so if we find there's enough material, listeners, that is that is uh, coming coming your way. Um, and we will also do more uh, more into the weeds. We're both just trying to get back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, man. I mean, and I, I actually heard from some people what they, even though these are the episodes that I go the longest on. And both you and I are like, oh, my gosh, we went like two and a half hours. That was because also we'll go like three hours before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're coming up on six. And we're both just like, man, that was a marathon. That's going to be a lot to edit. Some of the feedback I've gotten is they're like, I really enjoyed that, though. Like, I like the at times they like the longer form or the shorter form. But they're like, you you guys never drag because you're going in off into the weeds about various things. And then you come back. So that's encouraging because I'm looking at this time. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a daunting, daunting one to edit. But it's like, all right, people will still dig it. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like I like how we can sort of uh, bring different perspectives to things, but we never like I, I think there's other podcasts that I've listened to that do that, but it always seems I don't know, man. I don't know how the, I can't put my finger on it. It just it just seems kind of like it, it seems a little too passive aggressive. Like they're still friendly <laughs> and stuff, but there does seem to be a little like it's just a little abrasive. There's a little friction there, and I think with us, like we really don't have that. Like we. We really like, even if we technically disagree, we're like so um, open and honest and, and willing. Like, I'm, I'm willing, like, like, for instance, like, I'm willing, not, not, I am willing to admit when I'm wrong, but I'm also willing to admit, like, hey, uh, like, I, I understand what I'm saying right now is not an objective <laughs> truth, right? <laughs> I understand, like, I'm, this is a completely fallible bias thing that I'm expressing. So, yeah. no, and, uh, well, also, I think with us, it's like, it helps that we've been friends since we were like eight years old. Yeah. Um, and, between us, we don't, I, I honestly don't think we have there's any ego or anything like we both humble ourselves and check ourselves. And at points, if we're just like, look, I'm in a I'm in a spot where for whatever reason, I'm taking whatever offensive. Like yeah. we're also both grown up enough to be like, OK, my apologies. I'm going to try not to do that. And we also recognize like that was never the intention. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. With you, we're just yeah. open and honest. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. With you, I'm so much more willing to just be like, oh, OK, that was that's probably my fault or like it most more not even that not even like oh i'm just i'll just write it off as my fault without even knowing but like i mean most of the time and uh, yeah dude i uh, i don't know how to explain it um yeah there's just yet yeah, like you said there's really no there's no like ego there you know it's it's fully like dude i'm, I'm fully willing to be wrong uh in your presence uh you know like if it, it's uh, there's you know i never well, really feel like there's a competition between us in, in any no, way whatsoever no no And one, that's one of the things I've loved about our relationship. And it's also been like, like we'll always go to hear out the other person. Like there's been, even us, we've recorded a bunch of episodes that have never seen the light of day. And we're just like, all right, we're just not going to do them. Like it might be, it might be one where I'm like, I can't think of anyone in particular, but it might be one where you're like, are you sure? And I'm just like, yeah, dude, I'm, I, I don't like how I came off or the audio was X or Y. And then there's been times where you're like, are you sure? Uh, like, I didn't like how I came off or X or Y. And we'll also just, we'll try to be like, all right, let's see. Or we'll just both be bluntly like, nope. <laughs> like the audio sucked or I was feeling off that day. Or it's like, mm-hmm. well, I, I really enjoy doing this with you. And I, and people have said like that they see how our relationship comes off. And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and yeah. I think uh, the fact that we're having a good time uh, probably, you know, it probably translates, right? 
And it, it definitely makes like a, a two and a hour and 40 minute marathon go a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't understand these people. Like, oh, I got to listen to a podcast in one sitting. Just like when you're doing something wherein like you can listen to a podcast, throw it back on. Like, oh, yeah. dude, like I'll leave my room to go get some chocolate milk downstairs or something. And it's like maybe a minute and I'll still put my earbuds in and listen to a podcast for one minute. Right. Just because I'm like, it's, it's I'm just doing it as I'm going, I'm doing something like I have nothing. But that's to be fair, that is a lot. That's like a huge anxiety thing of like AD, ADD where it's like I need to have something happening. I can't literally walk for one minute without in silence with my thoughts. Like I can't do it. I definitely get that. Uh, yeah. Well, for me also, like I I have to listen to to like podcasts or sermons or like maybe comedy specials, but anything where it's like, Hey, it's people talking or trying to like make a point about something. Mm-hmm. If it's not music or a movie or a show, I got to have it at two times the speed. Like mm. I will, I will zone out even if it's a topic that's interesting to me and I'll zone out for like five or 10 minutes and then I'll be like, man, I got to rewind. And I've had to rewind like five times today. I don't want to finish this. I'll get back to it later. And it'll be like a year or two later. And I was, oh, fi- wow. I was finding that with reading or audiobooks, uh, sermons, whatever. Whereas like, if it's two and a half times the speed, I have to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I zone out, um, for two minutes, I'm missing four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, like I get like huge attention fatigue if I'm not intrinsically motivated to pay attention to something. Yeah. So if I ever like, no matter what, like, even if I put it on two times or whatever, like it's, it's, I, I'm, I don't know, dude, physically I'm like, no. Yeah. But, no. <laughs> I'm like, if I can't pay attention to it, I'm not going to listen to it. What I, what I found is that I can pay attention to podcasts. No problem. But audiobooks in one ear, not the other. And I don't know why. Weird. But like, we gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Stop talking to me, Chris. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, dear listener, thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> and all the many directions we went. It's like, um, okay, my son's having a tantrum. I got to get him out of here. <laughs> well, Thanks it's also everybody no, for coming. It's also Luna's looking at me like, dude, you've been ignoring me for six hours. <laughs> Stand up. Play with me. <laughs> um, so all that being said, and also we will get better at this, but yeah. we also love it. So all that being said, hope you enjoy. Take care and God bless my friends. Peace. Peace. Oh, it'll be like, hey, everybody. So (laughs) the reason we're laughing is because I did the sound effect of what you just heard, but you didn't hear that in particular. Um, The reason you're hearing us now again when you'd normally hear the end credits is because uh, Christian and I can excitedly uh, share and drop dime about something that we've got. uh, We've got to come and we got in the works that's going to be um it's going to be dropping on september 8th so uh christian what uh what do we call what we're doing again my good sir because it's we've been talking about potentially spinning off uh this series but we've decided to start our own so what are we doing my good man Oh, okay. Well, we used to do a segment together or like a special episode of your podcast together called Into the Weeds. And uh, then we decided that perhaps um, 
the nature of the things we want to cover or the manner in which we want to cover them might not be particularly appropriate for your podcast. So we decided that, hey, maybe we should make our own. And um, yeah, the name, we were going to keep into the weeds, but I felt like uh, it was a little too on the nose and that we could have found something better. Um, and <laughs> I mean, it's subjective, but I feel like we did. I feel like we came we came to a better uh, name. So the, the name is, is basically an amalgamation of um, like my, my Twitch name and Chris's podcast name. Um, so it'll be uh, the, the um, Radio Arcade podcast. Yay, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is something Christian and I have been toying with off and on for uh, for a while now, and you can hear all about that uh, in our first episode, which uh, which will be dropping on uh, on September eighth, the Wednesday. and um it'll be through Red Circle. And if it's not on, it's, we're going to be setting up its own socials and stuff as it goes. So that way, if people want to directly interact with it or us through it or specifically about it, you've got ways. But that takes time to set up uh, and focus that uh, that I don't always have. So <laughs> we'll have that set up for as close to September 8th as possible. Um, and if for whatever reason it's not popping out, you're not, it doesn't sync up with, say, Podbean right away, hit me up over uh, my 2099 OCR Twitter handle or Christian's Carpenter Arcade Twitter handle. And we'll make sure that you get that link because we're, we're excited to, to share this and, uh, and start this new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can hear more about the idea of its origin <laughs> in this quick synopsis on Wednesday, September 8th. Looking forward to seeing you guys then. And we will be back in, uh, in a couple weeks for our regular episodes of One Cross Radio. Peace.